Hey guys, welcome to the History of FMW. It's going to be episode number 30. We're going to be covering the second half of 2003. Um, FMW has been dead for, I don't want to say dead, but FMW's been closed for over a year now. We had the companies WMF and WEW pop up to carry on the torch and the different styles. Um, uh, Bahu, if you could really quick just kind of run us down how is the business the uh, how is the business for both of the companies now that they've both started they've been running for a year now um, is the fan base still there and how are they doing so with WMF, uh, it started out kind of strong, or at least it had the impression it was going to be really strong, and it's kind of started floundering. The uh, the promotion went all out for their first Corgan Hall show, and it didn't sell out. Well, then they had a second Corgan Hall show in April, and the numbers dropped uh, pretty drastically. And um, so right now, it's kind of like, uh-oh, this doesn't look good for WMF. With WEW... Um, they started off slow, uh, you know, and Fuki was the booker at the time, and they were running Corrigan Hall, and they weren't ready to run Corrigan Hall. The fan base uh, ha only having half the F&W wrestlers and continuing the entertainment-style booking with Fuki, it just wasn't, they shouldn't have been running Corrigan Hall, but that's what F&W under Fuki did. You know, you run Corrigan Hall every month, and as a result, they kind of, I mean, they even got to a point where, like, okay, we need to stop running Corrigan Hall because we're losing money doing this. And so um, they ended up, uh, you know, kind of kind of struggling there up until Fuki got really sick and would end up passing away. And actually, due to Fuki passing away, they end up doing really well with the Corrigan Hall show, and they did really well with the Kawasaki Stadium show, um, with it being uh, Fuki's uh, memorial show. So they did great there. Um, but going forward, you know, Fuyuki now having passed away, his wife is taking over the business as far as the financial. She's the president, but she doesn't really know that much about wrestling. They've brought back Goito, and Kanemura is going to help book the promotion with uh, Fuyuki's wife in charge. And so they've now el eliminated the WEW name. They're no longer going to be WEW. They're going to be Fuyuki Army, Fuyuki Goon. Um, and so they're that's what th they're going forward, and um, WMF struggling uh wew um now being fuki goon they are now in talks about talent exchange and both of them working with one another going forward so there's going to be some talent uh, relationships due to again wmf was just struggling we need to do something and so let's let's merge a deal with this with the uh Kanemura group and so that's what they've done all right, and then um, you wrote on your site back in back in in two thousand three while this was going on. Uh, you wrote that um, the uh, the WMF company they were running some house shows at this time in the north, and uh, they didn't do very very good, right? Yeah, they ran in June, um, and what it was was it was just so. Both promotions didn't really tour that much. WEW ran a tour in October uh, leading up to their Yokohama Bunk and Gym show, and it didn't do that great. I mean, a couple hundred people. Um, WMF hasn't really toured. Let, let's give, you know, let's – because all the, when you're just hitting Tokyo, it's like you're not really creating a new fan base and you're not really reaching out to new fans. And, hey, they're you know, uh, you're not really like this legitimate promotion. I mean, FNW, they were losing money, all this money to tour. But, hey, they were 
legitimate promotion. They were touring. These two companies, eh, they're not really touring, and WMF is going to give it a shot here in uh, in the end of June. And so they run two shows in Sendai and Owati, um, I mean, North Japan, and, and both of them do really and really bad. And they try and they're, they're starting – WMF is, is, has a uh, junior heavyweight title tournament going on and so they even have like the the semifinals matches to have some meaning to these shows um but they one one is announced for 200 fans and one is announced for 100 fans so i mean and i'm guessing that it wasn't even that many people really there it was just trying to save face so these were not financial successful house shows and i mean that was pretty much it as far as wmf like running outside the tokyo region after that like okay we're not doing this anymore um it was just a sign of like no we can't tour with this promotion just can't tour and even try to think about making money doing this all right. So, okay. Uh, the first show that we're going to talk about is on uh, July 7th. Um, Fuki Army, the previous WEW, they had a show booked at Kurokin Hall. And uh, pretty late in, in the game, they changed it to an FMW reunion show. Um, if you want to go over that show. So... Again, just the WEW, Fukigun, and WMF working together. Uh, the first show was was this show at Corgan Hall. And so, hey, let's announce this is going to be an FMW reunion show. We got both sides on uh, working the, work the show for the first time since FMW closed. Now, Mr. Ganosuke and Kentaro Kanemura, you know, they're going to be in a match against each other type thing in a, in a six-man. Um, we're going to bring in Tenru, you know, it's just to kind of spice things up because this, again, you know, it's not WEW. It's, in a sense, it's a new promotion. And let's, let's have a hot start for this new promotion uh let's try and get in all the fnw fans because when we've talked about previous episodes where the old fnw fan base which was a you know a dying obviously a promotion there wasn't a fan base to keep fnw and all the pro and all the cost alive it wasn't that much of a fan base but it still was a fan base and now you know you split the the two fan bases apart or the two, it, it wasn't enough to keep fnw going and now you have two promotions based off it that wasn't enough for you know now so you've split the audience and of a promotion you know and there wasn't enough fans of fmw to really you know to make two promotions successful as a result both promotions really kind of struggled well now you've merged the two together here with the fuki army uh, having WMF and WEW guys, and so hey, this is the FNW reunion show. This is you know the first time these guys are going to work together. Come see us, you know. And so they they announced 2,000 fans. I mean, this was a good show as far as attendance and everything. It was a a good start to what Fuki Army needed. And so um, the for a couple matches, and this was not taped for Samurai. They only showed clips of the main event on an, on a, a future show, um, but. Uh, Goemon and Jintaro, so a WMF guy and a WEW Fukuyun guy, team up against Hito and Chaco Bob Mukai. And during this match, it's a street fight, and so there's you know chairs and everything. And um, Goemon would end up making uh, Chaco Bob uh, Mukai tap out. Um, and so afterwards, he would end up uh, Hito went to a camel clutch, and so afterwards Hito attacks Goemon and with a chair, and he's laying him out. And Onryo ends up running into the ring to make the save for Goemon, and he chases off Hito and Chakubal Mukai. And so Onryo and Goemon, who've been feuding in WMF the, the previous year um, in FMW, they had been teaming um, up the last year or so in FMW. So there was a pass there. So Goemon and Onryo are looking at each other and. Uh, 
and Onriel puts his hand out like, hey, let's be friends now, Goemon. Goemon shakes it. So now Goemon and Onriel are are officially back together as friends and, and as a team. And uh, Onryo then puts his hand out to Jintaro, and Jintaro slaps it away. I don't want to be a part of you. You know, no, I want nothing to do with you guys. So, and we talked about it last episode how Jintaro and Ta- Takamichinoku, they had formed a heel team in WEW back in May. So they're going to, Jintaro's going to want to stay heel and, and continue to side with Takamichinoku. He doesn't want to be with these baby faces, which Goemon and Onryo now are. Um, and then Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Masato Tanaka, they defeat uh, Dick Tago and Hikudo Hadaka. So it's, um, it's a, you know, FMW, Kuroda and Tanaka, they'd always been uh, partners um, throughout FMW. And so this was their uh, first time really kind of teaming up again um, since the um, since FMW in like 2000 or so. And so they're taking on Togo and Hadaka, who that's like a Michinoku Pro battle arts type team, mostly Michinoku Pro at this time. Um, Tanaka would end up getting the win uh, over Hadaka with the complete dust. Like I said, this wasn't taped or anything. And then the main event, um, so it's Tenru Kanemura and Masio Orohara, who um, was a war guy for the most part. He did uh, so he has a relationship with Tenru, but he um, worked a couple of FMW spots in '98, '99. They're going to take on Mr. Ganosuke, Mama Sasaki, and Takamichinoku. Um, you know, so like I said, this match was clipped um and tenru does like a splash outside the ring on everyone and um he ends up going up against mammoth and he's chopping mammoth uh giving hard chops to mammoth um you know punching mammoth in the face and eventually uh mammoth would tag in to mr ganosuke and again you know just as a reminder ganosuke and mammoth have been feuding in wmf for the last six months so ganosuke has been the top heel in wmf mammoth sasaki uh the top baby face in wmf so Mammoth and Tenru are going at it, and Tenru is, or sorry, uh, they went at it, and Mammoth tags out, and uh, Tenru and Ganosuke are now going at it, and Tenru is uh, is chopping uh, is chopping Ganosuke. Uh, Ganosuke is trying to fight back, but just Tenru is just so so powerful, and Mammoth starts, he's in the corner, and starts screaming, "Come on, Ganosuke, come on!" Well, that pisses Ganosuke off. He's, you know, again, they're not friends by any means. Um, they're just teaming up because they work for the same promotion in this kind of interpromotional uh, show. And so it pisses Ganosuke off. Ganosuke goes over and just slaps Mammoth in the face, and that's his tag in. And then he, Ganosuke ends up just leaving the ring, just getting out of there. He wants nothing to do with this. He's, you know, he's being made to team up with Mammoth, who he despises, who's they're feuding right now. He ends up you know, spitting um, at Mammoth, like, in the air, showing no, he, that he has no care in the world for Mammoth. So this results in kind of a two-on-three now handicap match because Ganosuke is out. Um, and as as a result, um, Kanemura would end up getting the win over Mammoth Sasaki. He wouldn't last very long. Uh, Kanemura would win with the Baki uh, Yamasintan splash. And um, so the Kanemura team has won. And um, afterwards, Mammoth... Uh, goes into Tenru's locker room and he ends up coming out afterwards and Tenru and Mammoth had a talk and now there's going to be kind of a friendship partnership somewhat, you know, uh, as a result. So Mammoth kind of wants to be Tenru's protege in a sense. Um, and, and we'll talk about it later. Mam- uh, Mammoth and Tenru are going to work a lot here in the next couple months together. What did the show mean to the FMW faithfuls and you know the uh, um, uh, the uh, the wrestlers? 
Well, it just pretty much meant that FMW, now both promotions are going to work together. Hey, you know, there's there's two promotions, but at least these two promotions have the whole FMW roster um, on both shows. So Dem- WMF is going to have the WEW guys. Uh, the W, you know, Fuki Goon is going to, Fuki Army is going to have the WMF guys. So it's going to be a fuller roster as a result. And, um, you know, so again, and, and as we go, and as we go along further, um, a couple months down the road, the crowd really picks up, like there's this FMW fan base and, and again, it's not enough to keep a promotion alive like FMW a couple years ago, but they're hardcore fans. They are passionate fans. And, um, you know, there's this FMW love that they were, so they kind of, they're kind of showing back up the WMF and the WEW shows. You know, there weren't really like this passionate, you know, it was either a good show or maybe a, a hot match would get, you know, things kind of going. But there's a, there's a fan base coming to these shows rooting for FMW like it's a sports team, like it's their passion. And so that's something that really stood out here. Um, this this time period is kind of like FMW is back. It's not, you know, the FMW promotions obviously closed, but the spirit of FMW shows a lot here in these next couple months. Um, You know. We're probably going to talk about this, I'm sure, at least one more time as the show kind of closes down. But um, I get asked a lot. I know you've been asked it five billion times in the past 20 years. Um, what do you think would have been the best course of action after FMW closed in 2001? I mean, the best course will obviously would have been just to um, work together in, in a sense – um and have a smaller it'd be a smaller promotion but the problem i mean the, the problem was it was ultimately going to die no matter what any all these sub promotions were going to die unless something new came along and that that's the issue where um these promotions obviously kind of not nostalgia because it's only like a year old but it's kind of like hey we're still fnw a year removed of fnw closing so the fact that um you know, they two the two promotions broke apart. That really kind of hurt both promotions, like I've talked about. But I mean, again, it's just the politics of, hey, Fuki's the one that was like that originally was like, hey, let's I'm gonna start a new promotion. You know, and Fuki had the money to keep a promotion going, and and that was something that also really hurt it. This whole the post FMW promotions was Fuki passing away because Fuki he was always gonna get sponsors to be able to put on you know enough to where hey we can run Corrigan Hall, we can run Kawasaki Stadium every year you know maybe we can't tour maybe we won't be like a legitimate promotion um that was like you know like fmw was but i'm gonna keep this going for a couple more years but fuki passing away pretty much ended up um cutting it off after about two years or so um and so you know so right now um and and also so anyway so fuki you know starts up this new promotion and i'm but hey i want to do it entertainment style that that's how i know that's what i like that's what i want to do and ganasuke was like i don't want to work this entertainment style again wait no no i fmw just closed down fuki was in charge doing this style why would i think this is going to work again i want to do my way and again it's just the politics it's the hey my way is going to be better and obviously ganasuke didn't think you know and ganasuke got a sponsor that was willing to put in a lot of money as you know to help this promotion go and i mean obviously things didn't work out because wmf which people thought were going to be like hey this is going to be the new fmw ended up now we're um less than a year in and as 
result, you know, and it, things are looking really bleak. They just they can't even tour at this point because of how how uh, the promotion has already a negative stigma to it, and there's real no like word of mouth like, hey, this promotion's really awesome. No one's saying that about WMF. The shows are okay. There's but there's nothing. And, but it's try, like I said, trying to cater to this like FMW nostalgia group that from only a year or two earlier, and obviously it. You know that it was only a year or two that FNW closed because it wasn't a popular enough to keep a promotion going. Um, all right, um, one more note, and we don't have to talk about it for so long. But but just a note to the four, you know the uh, you know to all the fans, he, you know, hearing this that they kind of lose sight of is that in Japan, especially at this time, there was just such a splintering of new companies popping up so much that to you know to get attention of the fans, the fan base is being pulled in so many directions. It was. It still is hard because there's well, 30 not or 40 that, companies. Not only that, but this is, I mean, and Fuki really kind of blames, I mean, for all the negatives about FMW, and obviously, you know, there was plenty. Fuki's to his dying, uh, you know, dying days, still felt FMW only really closed down because F was wrestling wasn't hot anymore, and which is true. This is around this time period is like wrestling is is dying essentially for the next five years or so. There's just this decline. And, you know, we talked about how the magazine companies, um, you know, are what really got FNW going at the beginning. And they're in corner stores all over the place. Well, Pro Wrestling Gong, which was the second biggest one, they closed down in 2007 due to like five years of just nobody really wanting to buy wrestling magazines. Pro Wrestling Weekly, the number one uh, magazine company, it's barely surviving. It's it barely it almost closed down. Like I mean, magazines in Japan almost closed down. And again, we talk about ten years ago, they're what got FNW going. They're what got FNW popular because everyone looked at the magazines, and so. Because of wrestling was hot back then. Now it's not. So it's that's a big thing right there. Where, you know, not only are these all these promotions of I can I can watch this, I can be a fan of this, but uh, there's all it's less of a fan base now. They're all either going to MMA or they're just turning the TV off and not wanting to be wrestling fans at all. All right. So okay, uh, going on. So on uh, July 11th, WMF held a uh, press conference. If you want to go over that one. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mr. Gonosuke, uh to promote the next uh, Corrigan Hall show, uh, he needs to get a big name. He needs to get kind of a splash going, and so he announces that Asushi Onita is going to be in the main event of the next uh, WMF Corrigan Hall show. It's going to be um, uh, Kuroda and Mama Sasaki against Mr. Gonosuke and Asushi Onita. So Onita is going to be this they're looking for Onita to help draw this next Corrigan Hall show. Um, and again, they had worked uh, the May 24th show coming in to interfere in the match. Um, so he, he was in talks with Gonoske to work the show and he, you know, he was booked and announced and everything like that. And so um, that's the big draw going forward. And Onita and Gonoske do a press conference just to announce, Hey, Onita to be on the next show. Come, you know, hey, all you Onita fans that have helped on the Onita Pro promotion uh, the last couple of years, come, you know, come see Onita because WMF needs a fan base. <laughs> all right. So okay. Um, so the, uh, this is going to take us to the July twenty fifth show at Kurokan Hall. So uh, we just talked about Onita uh, being oh. on the show. Well, he ends up he ends up no showing. 
Uh, what ends up happening is there's an emergency meeting um, with the Japanese diet. And so they end up, Onita gets called in, you got to come to this meeting. Uh, it had something to do with the um, the Iraq war. Uh, I don't know the details, but um, so Onita gets called in, you got to go, you got to come into this to this meeting. And so Onita goes, hey, hey Ghanaske, can't make the show. Sorry. I, I I promise I'll be, I'll make it up to you. I'll be on another show. And it ends up actually never appearing on a WMF show. So Onita no shows. And again, they, you know, that was the big draw. Onita's going to be the big, big draw, you know, uh, on this show. And so they put up a poster at the, uh, on the, at the front of Corrigan Hall as you enter. Onita's not going to be a part of this show. If you want a refund, we understand, you know, go to the ticket, uh, ticket booth or ticket table and get your refund back. And apparently either no one was going to see the show regardless, or, I mean, a lot of people wanted their refund because they did really poor here. They announced a thousand fans for this show, um, and it is empty. It is a very empty Corrigan Hall show. This was the worst WMF attended Corrigan Hall show ever. Um they end up uh, getting in touch, you know, with the WEW guys. Obviously, the WEW guys um, were going to appear on the show anyway. So, you know, there's a couple of WEW versus WMF undercard matches, and um, and then uh, Hito um, would would take on um, Gasako, and so they kind of have like a brawl and a street fight, and so um, they're brawling all over the ringside, and all of a sudden the guns who I've talked about in the previous episode, that was Mr. Ganosuke's uh, group, who, the two guys that kind of look like him. Uh, they end up interfering in the match and attacking Gasaku. So the referee throws the match out, and the guns and Hito join together. Like, they're going to be a partner, you know, there's a partnership there. So Hito walks off with the guns after after they've helped him, him pretty much destroy Gasaku and have the match thrown out. And then um, Goemon and Onryo, so they're teaming up for the first time. They take on Taka Michinoku and Jintaro. I may mention, you know, Jintaro didn't want to be a part of their group. Um, you know, it, it's a good match. Uh, Jin, uh, Goemon and Onryo actually come out to uh, the tattoo song that was all the things she said, which is a really uh, popular song in 2003 as their music. Um you know, Onryo is really good here. Onryo, um, he ends up uh, doing his uh, Tope Ton Hilo, and Onryo always really impressed me with how good he was. Um, but Onryo throws ends up throwing powder um, at uh, go at uh, Jintaro, and then he ends up being a uh, double drop, a double super kick. They they double super kick Onryo, and um, he ends up grabbing the hand of the referee as they make the call as they make the pinfall. But he uh, grabs the referee's hand before the three count and ends up doing an Onryo clutch. But um, at the end, um, Taka would end up getting Onryo in the cross face and make it uh, Onryo tap out. And then in the finals of the uh, the junior heavyweight tournament. Uh, Tomoya Adashi and Asian Cougar, who both of those guys uh, were pretty much just always like in, small indie promotion guys um, throughout Japan, throughout you know the 90s and the early 2000s. Th these were just indie guys that kind of Ganosuke had given a home to. It. Um, and so they're in the finals of the tournament. And this is a good match also. I mean, again, the WMS shows had good matches, but there never was like, wow, this great, awesome match that makes me want to go see it again type thing. The, you know, this is a good, but you know, kind of an indie match. Um, you know, Tomoyo is really good. Um, he does a Hurricane Rana off the stage on Cougar, and um, 
you know, Asian Cougar would do his signature spot of like stacking chairs um, outside the ring and doing a, a um, doing a dive off of them on Tomoya. Um, but eventually, um, Tomoya would uh, Tomoya Dashi would end up getting the win uh, and becoming the first WMF uh, Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, a belt that's not really remembered too much because it only had about a year run, <laughs> and um, it was the only title belt also that WMF ever used. And then the main event of the show. Um, so after the uh, Onita No Show, it's announced that it's the match. The main event has been switched around. It's gonna be Mr. Ganoske, uh, Mr. Rocknoski, and Iwanoski. Again, those two gun, uh, the two gun wrestlers uh, who are also who actually uh, Ichiro Yaguchi and Katsumi Hirano. Um, so it's gonna be the guns against Mama Sasaki, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and a mystery partner. And so Kuroda and Mama Sasaki come to the ring and come out and play. Starts uh, playing and the the crowd goes crazy. Hey, Kanemura is going to be appearing on WMF for the very first time. And um, so they end up, and Kanemura is going to do the team no respect dance, but the guns actually attack him right before uh, they start doing the dance. So there's some booze there to get some heat right away. And they brawl all over the building and, um, Mav tries to choke slam uh, Ganasuke, uh, but uh, uh, into a table off the uh, off the apron. But Ganasuke kicks him low, and Ganasuke would end up slamming Mama through the table instead. Um, Tetsuya Yamada ends up in, uh, getting involved in that match, and that's the that's the uh, financial backer of WMF. He's the guy that's. Financing, you know, the sponsor pretty much. And like I said, he, you know, they had a lot of money. They had a lot of money. Um, put into this promotion it was a he was a big fmw fan um and so it was kind of like this money mark and hey this money mark's losing a lot of money and so he's pretty much going hey if you're you know if i'm gonna be losing money i want to at least get involved so you're gonna put me in this match and so he gets involved in the match um with the guns attacking him throwing him in the ring and they um they end up ganasuke would lariat uh him and so, you know, he just kind of wanted to get a taste of what, the, you know, being in the ring was like. And so he gets his ass kicked pretty much by the guns um, and ends up getting carried off. And um, they, anyway, the, pretty much the fitting, finishing spot is they throw all uh, Mammoth, Kenemur, and Kuroda. Uh, they throw all the guns into each other. Uh, Kuroda and Kanemura would end up hitting their moves. And then uh, Mammoth comes in and he hits an Inziguri, and that gets a pop. Like, hey, that's Tenru's Inziguri. And then um, he ends up picking up uh, Iwanoski, and he ends up doing the 20, he debuts the 29 years old, which is the. Um, the jackhammer, which Tenru at the time was doing the 53 years old, which was his signature jackhammer. So again, this was kind of Mammoth's sign. Mammoth had just turned 29 um, like a day or two earlier. And so he now has debuted his new finisher, which he would continue to use the rest of his career. He still does it to this day, the jackhammer, which he calls the 29 years old. So uh, Mammoth gets the win. Um, and Mammoth, Kanemura, and Kuroda do the team no respect dance to the uh, to end the show. So all the fans go home happy. But again, this was oh, this this is was the biggest sign that WMF is struggling when how empty this building was. And this was like I said, this was an eye opening. Uh, this was eye opening how poor WMF. Even if you weren't paying attention to WMF and their struggles, and you're you you know you're watching Samurai TV and you see this, you know oh. WMF, no, this promotion is looking like it's about to die. That, that's how empty this building looked. 
Sorry about that, my microphone. Um, okay, so um, now also at this time, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, a lot of the FN, the FNW top guys, they wound up going to zero one, and at this time they were running the Fire Festival. Uh, if you want to go over that one. So Kanemura and Kuroda, um, due to Kanemura and, and I mean, I'm guessing Kuroda too, had obviously a relationship with Tanaka. Um, Kanemura and Tanaka are still friends to this day, and Tanaka has a job at Zero One, and Zero One at this time has big-time uh, financial backers. And so Kanemura and, and Kuroda for the last year have been working Zero One um, due to Tanaka getting them in, and um, they did really well in the Fire Festival the year prior. And so um, they get invited back um, the next year, and um, this this tournament uh, they actually ended up having uh, Satoshi Kojima from All Japan. He worked this tournament, and oh, Kojima is like I, I may mention last episode. He's you know probably the peak of his popularity. Um, he's pretty much the number two guy in All Japan behind Mudo at this point. And so he's and he's willing to work all these other promotions. He had worked WMF. Um, he had worked the Rainbow promotion, which was against Kanemura. So he's taken on Ganosuke and Kanemura recently. Now he's going to enter into the Fire Festival tournament. And um, this tournament actually, um, there was actually a show at all Japan. I think for the only time ever, it was not it, um, a, the Fire Festival tournament was held in another promotion. All Japan held a show where they had a bunch of Fire Festival matches. But um, the previous year, Kuroda had made it to the finals. Well, this year, um, Kuroda is not going to make the finals this year. Um, per, uh, pretty much, uh, these Kanemura and Kuroda end up going two for two or two. Two and two uh, in their four matches. Uh, Kanemura would get a win over Arashi. Um, Kuroda would end up, end up getting a win over uh, Koei Sato. So they get some wins in. Um, they get some wins in the tournament, but um, eventually, uh, and Masato Tanaka has a great match with Satoshi Kojima also in this tournament. Uh, Kuroda and Tanaka also have a really awesome match on the All Japan show. Um, but like I said, you know, Tanaka Tanaka would defeat Kuroda, and Kojima would defeat uh, Tanaka. And so the finals would end up being Shinjiro Otani and uh, Satoshi Kojima. And again, I'm guessing just the political agreement of, hey, you want Kojima in the tournament? He's winning it then and so kojima and otani have a fine have the finals match and kojima uh would end up getting the win over otani and winning the fire festival so like i said at this point kuroda and kanemura i think you know kuroda had like i said made, made the finals last year he was kind of new the new guy you know they were new faces to zero one well now they've been around for the last year or so um so they're only you know they're gonna give them some respectful wins um oh and another match also was uh kanemura in this round was a uh, kanemura uh, against Otani and um, Otani the year prior had defeated Kanemura in just three seconds and Kanemura had attacked him and they brawled right before the match and Otani would end up pretty much hitting a spiral bomb uh, as soon as the bell rung and so this year they pretty much do a, kind of a reenactment where Kanemura uh, attacks him and it looks like uh, and Otani would fight back and Otani hits the spiral bomb it looks like he's going to get another win after three seconds but uh, Kanemura would kick out and they would wrestle another 10 minutes but Otani would uh, Tony Otani would end up beating uh, Kanemura but Overall, it was a good showing uh, for Kanemura and Kuroda. They're, they have a good reputation with Zero One, and they're making really good money working for Zero One. But by no means at this point are they like the top guys or anything like that. One guy who's going to make his debut on August 2nd for WMF is going to be Yuko Miyamoto. Um, now, I know um, after... Um, 
Hayabusa's death, Miyamoto was one of the main guys who, when companies would want to do their 10 bell for him, Miyamoto was usually the guy who was called on. What was his relation with WMF? Yes, he came in through uh, WMF Dojo. So he started up um, th through... Uh, you know, Ganesuke, so Mr. Ganesuke, after uh, FNW closed down, he kept, uh, well, he started up a new dojo. So that was like the whole appeal of WMF was, hey, you, were, you can live at the dojo. You can get trained to be a wrestler. WEW wasn't doing that. WEW didn't have a dojo. Um, so, um, so you know, and they're looking for new talent. And Mineo Fujita was the first one to come through. And now Yuko Miyamoto is the second one to debut. And, you know, so Mr. Ganosuke, he's the one doing the training. And Amama Sasaki has helped training as well. Um, and so Miyamoto comes in and, you know, um, he comes in on August 2nd. And this is, it wasn't televised. Um, this was also another tour, by the way, that WMF did in Southern Japan. Um, but the shows were so bad that they didn't even announce attendance. So, um, but anyway, so Miyamoto, obviously, like I said, um, you know, he, uh, he started up in WMF. He started up as a young boy. Um, Sure, we'll talk about him a lot, but he had probably the most successful. He uh, had the most successful successful career of any of the WMF guys um, after you know that had anything to do with WMF, pretty much. All right, so and and he's still going strong now. Yeah, he's so, really uh, popular. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, let's see. On um, August twenty fourth in in the Yokohama Bunka Gym. Big Japan ran a show that was pretty important overall. Um, if you want to go over that one, so yeah, um, this was kind of the, um, the well. The main event is Kanemura, uh, who had won the uh, Big Japan Deathmatch title uh, from Shadow WX on March 30th. So he's had the title the last five months. So he's going to take on Ryuji Ito. He had a match uh, back on June 29th against Ito that ended up being like a no contest and turned into a six man. So they've been kind of feuding the last couple months. Well, this match is going to be in a cage and, um, the, uh, pretty much the signature spot from this match, um, is, uh, Ryuji Ito actually doing a dragon splash off the cage on Kanemura. But, um, you know, this was a pretty good match. Kanemura really liked the, having really liked this match when I was talking to him, um, a couple months ago in the interview, you know, he made, I brought up this match and he's like, Oh, that was a really good match. So he really remembers this match as, as a really good match. And it was, um, there's a spot actually where Kanemura tries to power bomb Ito off the table, um, in the corner. And it's just a complete fail. It's just, he totally messes up, but, um, he ends up, uh, Kanemura ends up going for a splash. Um, but, Ito would end up um, suplexing him instead, and then, like I said, the the uh, infamous uh, Reg Ito doing the dragon splash for the win. Um, well, actually, he ends up hitting a shining wizard for the win over Kanemura, and so Ito has won the Big Japan Deathmatch title for the first time, and this is kind of the new movement of the younger talent is going to be the new focus with Big Japan. Ito was kind of the symbol of, hey, our young boys, uh, we're, they're going to be the top stars now going forward. The the Kanemuras, the uh, um, uh, the Shadow WXs, just the you know the older the older fatter guys type thing, you know, from the earlier in the century. Um, they're not going to be the top guys anymore. They're just going to you know our our main focus is going to be Ito and um, you know Abdullah Kobayashi. Those are going to be the top guys now going forward in Big Japan. 
And um, we haven't really talked about it much. Um, since the CZW feud ended, um, you know, CZW, they kind of took the deathmatch title, so they had to reestablish that. What has um, late 2002 and now two, and now 2003 been like for the company where now they can go back and run a bigger stadium? Um, 2002 was, was definitely a struggle, but they've found some sponsors. Um, and, and, um, I know you talked about it with, uh, Madman Pondo, uh, where they, uh, found an adult entertainment video, uh, sponsor that was willing to sponsor a lot of the, uh, foreign guys to come in and they would hold shows and, um, soft, I think it was soft on demand and like their ring, uh, the ring logo is, has, has that company logo pretty much. Um, so they're putting in a lot of money for these shows. And also, um, they found a Yokohama, uh, moving company to sponsor them. And that's been their main sponsor ever since. Like this is around the time period that a lot of money went towards big Japan because they found a really good sponsor. Um, most people know, you know, the whole uh, Big Japan logo on the on the truck uh, when they have outside shows or big uh, arena shows. There, there's a truck, and so that's you know that's the sponsor right there. That's and they put a lot of money into Big Japan, and uh, Big Japan was still losing money around this period. They lost a lot of money. Um, a normal promotion would have gone under around 2002 because they did really bad. There were some really um, shows that looked like they were on dead uh, death's door. But like I said, those two sponsors. Sponsors really helped them out, um, pulling them through, and um, kind of you know right now like uh, the dark days are kind of over for Big Japan, and there's going to be kind of this new movement. But uh, I mean, obviously the light would would definitely be lighter uh, would come years later. But at this point, it's kind of like okay, we're no longer on death's door, which uh, in 2003 we're there we're kind of getting our feet back off off the ground after such a bad you know 2002 pretty much. All right, cool. Um, and it's funny, if you actually see them, um, I think they've changed it now. But up until about a, uh, a year ago, and, you know, they have multiple ring trucks, so maybe they still have it. But one of the ring trucks still uses a logo that features Kanemura, Kasai, and a few of the other. I mean, it's from 2003, 4, 5, around that era. So it's kind of funny. Um, okay, uh, going on. Um, so, okay, Fuki Gun, uh, they ran a show on August 25th, if you want to go over that one. Yeah, so this show was not taped either. Um also, I wanted to make mention, um, I talked about it a little bit last episode, but uh, Mr. Gonosuke and Kanemura, so uh, they, um, they've had issues in the past, Kanemura and Gonosuke, and Kanemura even in the interview said, you know, I like Gonosuke, but he doesn't like me. So there was, some, you know, again, just to kind of work together. I think Gonosuke realized, like, oh, we need help. I have to, you know, maybe even the sponsor um, was telling him, like, hey, you need to work with Kanemura. So Gonosuke and, you know, Demi MF, they're working together. Well, they're negotiating how um, how much, you know, money each gets uh, for their shows. And so Kanemura said in the interview, and we talked about this a little bit last episode, but I went back and listened to it. Kanemura said that he made a hundred million uh, yen or dollars. On, either way, there's no way he made that much money because if even if it was even if it was a hundred million yen, that's a million dollars for a show. There's no way Kanemura was making a million. The only thing I can think of is he was tr mistranslated the yen and the dollar. Maybe he meant a million yen, which would be about a thousand dollars, which I could see that. But then he said, Gonosuke only made about $300. So 
either way, I mean, again, I, I would guess Kanemaro is making $1,000 for the show. Gonosuke is making $300. And I'm sure Gonosuke is not too happy about that, but it's kind of like I got to do it because, I'm like I said, my company is struggling. I got to, you know, um, again, the sponsor might be telling him you need to be doing this. But he's been he's in a bad situation for him, you know, ego-wise, um, to work with WEW. And so, um, you know, because again, he's not making, regardless of how much Kanemaru is really making, I, I truly believe he's not making anywhere close to what Kanemaru really was making per show. Um, when Kanemaru would work WMF, by the way, that's what I mean. Kanemaru would make $1,000 uh, when he would work WMF. Gonosuke would make $300 when he would work the Fuyuki Army show. So they end up doing a, um, a, a show where the main event is Gonosuke versus Kentaro Kanemaru. Um, there was... Uh, again, this wasn't taped or anything like that, but um, there's um, a match between uh, Jun Kasai and Hito, and it's a scramble bunkhouse street fight. And so they've kind of been uh, – Kasai and Hito, they've been feuding pretty much since uh, May at the WEW shows. And um, and Kasai would end up suplexing uh, Hito off the apron and on a stack of chairs. And this match actually was considered one of the top indie matches in 2003. It made like the occupation of indies uh, top 10 uh, matches. Um, but anyway, uh, Kasai would end up doing a uh, Pearl Harbor splash on the outside off the top turnbuckle on Hito. And then would end up doing a uh, uh, Pearl Harbor splash on the barbed wire bat and get the win over uh, Hito. And so afterwards, Hito and Kasai hug. And so now Kasai and Hito are going to be uh, teaming up together or working together. They're, that finally ends their feud uh, with each other. Um, Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Takemichinoku, they would defeat Masato Tanaka and Yoshihiro Sasaki um, in the semi-main event. Like I said, this wasn't taped. But um, so the main event of the, of the show is uh, Mr. Ganosuke and um, Kentaro Kanemura. And uh, like I said, you know, Kanemura and, and Ganosuke, you know, they haven't really gotten along too well. And, and in storyline, they don't like each other either. Um, but they're working together. And so this is kind of going to be the climax of their, their feud. And, you know, they're just kind of um, their issues. And um, Ganosuke would end up hit, hitting a fire thunder off the apron um, through the table. Um, the referee would end up getting knocked out. And then Takamichinoku, Hito, and Jintaro would end up interfering. Again, those are... I, I may mention how uh, Hito and the guns were working together. So now Hito's with the Ganosuke heel side. Taka and Jintaro, they're with the heel side. So they're all actually for Mr. Ganosuke. So they interfere. And then, but Goemon and Onryo would clear the ring of them. So Go Goemon and Onryo help out Kanemura, the babyface. And then um, Mama Sasaki would come into the ring and he would attack Ganosuke. So he'd lay Ganosuke out. Well, then. Like I said, the referee had got knocked out. Well, Go Ito, who had a referee's license from FMW, so he could officially be a referee, he comes into the ring as as Kanemura is getting up, and Kanemura power bombs Ganosuke. Go Ito counts the one, two, three to give Kanemura the win. And so, like I said, this was kind of the negotiations of you know you're gonna work with me. Ganosuke is gonna get paid less. Well, the big thing was, hey, Ganosuke, you're gonna have to put Kanemura over. And so he does here. And so Kanemura defeats Mr. Ganosuke. It was the only time that Kanemura would get a singles win over Mr. Ganosuke. And um, so at the end, after that match. Uh, all the wrestlers are in the ring, and Kanemura gets on the mic, and Kanemura goes, Ganosuke, you know, let's join together. 
let's start a new independent group. And Gonosuke would in you know is looking at Kanemura, and all the wrestlers are in the ring, and you know Kanemura goes, let's start a a, a independent promotion to go after these bigger promotions, you know let's show the independent spirit, you know, and this promote you know let's start up the Apache Army, and Kanemura and Gonosuke end up shaking hands afterwards. Gonosuke is agreeing to join the um. The group. So now this whole, you know, like I said, the Goemon and the Onryo and Taka and Jintaro and Hito, they're all joining together. So the FNW promotion pretty much is going to be a part of is going to now be the Apache Army. And they're going to be a stable of guys and they are going to go to war against Zero One going forward. All right. So that's the birth of Apache Army. I always wondered where that started. Um so okay, um, let's see. Going into September, WMF they they ran two shows on uh, September sixth at the Differ, Ar- the Differ Ariaki Stadium. If you want to go over those, well, the first show was it's um, was just a junior heavyweight show, and so. Um, you know, this wasn't taped or anything, but the main events going on in Jintaro, uh, defeating Onryo and Tomoya Hadachi in a 20 minute match. Um, like I said, I, I never, I, I haven't seen either of these shows. They weren't taped, but, um, there were clips of the main event of the, the second show, which drew a thousand fans. Um, again, it's like an 1800 seat building. So, I mean, just announcing a thousand probably not, didn't do that well, but, um, the main event, and this was actually the, the re-debut of the, of the, Brief Brothers. So, uh, Gonsuke, uh, Kanemura, um, you know, Hito, Jintaro is part of the group now. They're all back in their briefs, just like FNW 1998. And, you know, they're doing the Team No Respect dance and doing a comedy skit. And, um, but the main event is Gonsuke, Kanemura, and Hito against Mama Sasaki, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and Akeda-kun. Um, and Ganosuke would end up pinning Akeda, who was a WMF uh, comedy guy. Um, and afterwards, it pretty much is the beginning of Akeda is now going to be serious. He's going to be a serious wrestler. He's tired of losing, and he's tired of you know, being this doormat to the big, to the upper star guys and just being this comedy prelim opening guy type. So he's now going to change his name to his real name, Seiji Akeda. Um, so pretty much that's, um, you know, this show is just to establish, Hey, the WEW guys and the WMF guys, they're now together. Um, the Apache army, they got the win. Uh, Memba Sasaki is not going to be a part of the, of the Apache army. He's still the top baby face in WMF. The Apache army is, is considered the heels in WMF. Um, so Memph is now going to go to war with the Apache guys in WMF. Now, um, also on September 13th, 19th and 21st, zero one ran a series of shows and I'll let you go over those. Well, yes, the th- the 13th and the 21st were house shows, um, so there's not as much information. But on the 13th, this was the beginning of um, of the Zero One Apache feud, and so the first match is uh, Kanemura and Kuroda against Tetsuhito uh, Takeiwa and Yoshihito Sasaki, um, and the so Apache versus Zero One. This is a bloody match, and uh, Kanemura would end up kicking uh, Yoshihito Sasaki low and then power bombing him on a stack of chairs uh, to get the win. Um, and then Tanaka and Otani come out, and um, the Apache Army would lay them out. And you know, so this is the beginning of the of the war. This is the beginning of the feud. 
and Kenamura gets on the mic and goes, you know, Tanaka, you should join the Apache Army. You know, this is an FMW. This is the FMW stable. You know, like you're one of us. You're not one of them. Join us. And so that leads to uh, September 19th. And um, so this was kind of a uh, a zero one was trying different things at the time. And, you know, um, a lot of it was Hashimoto and uh, pro wrestling like USA. They had a bunch of small in, uh, American indie promotions coming in and working shows. And, you know, they'd have AJ Styles, Loki. They're just trying everything. And so the September 19th show is kind of a, a mix of an FNW show and a zero one show. Um there's a match, uh, Junkasai and Homicide, and uh, they brawl all over the building into the crowd. Um, Kasai sets up a table um, on the stage, and he ends up climbing. He, he puts Homicide on the table, and he ends up going up to the balcony um, to, to do a balcony dive on ho- Homicide. Well, he wasn't looking. Homicide had been following him the whole time. So Kasai gets up there to the balcony like he's about to dive off the table. Well, there's no homicide. Where is he? Well, homicide was right behind him, and homicide ends up shoving Kasai off the balcony. So Kasai falls off the balcony of Corrigan Hall and lands face first into the table. Um, Homicide ends up coming back down to the ring, um, and they end up, you know, fighting for a little while. But Kasai would end up uh, getting the win with the backslide. There really wasn't too much to the match after the whole uh, balcony spot, Uh, but um. And then, um, so then the main event of the show is uh, Mr. Ganosuke and Kentaro Kanemura uh, against Masato Tanaka and Shinjiro Otani. And Kanemura gets on the mic and he's like, you know, Tanaka, are you going to join us? Are you going to be one of us? And Tanaka doesn't really, he's just kind of, he doesn't really show any emotion. He just sits, he's just standing there, not really making any eye contact and it's, but he's not agreeing to join them or anything like that. Well, the match starts and uh, instantly Ganesuke does a Ganesuke clutch on Otani and Otani kicks out like Ganesuke almost gets him in three seconds, pretty much like that's how quick it was. And then, um, Throughout the match, the Apache Army is interfering. Uh, Jintaro ends up setting up. A t- the Otani gets set up on a table, and Jintaro does a splash through the table. Um, Kanemura goes up to Tanaka in the match and says something to him. And Ganesuke ends up picking up Otani um, and... And Otani uh, and ends up they uh, Ganesuke and Otani are brawling and Ganesuke ends up blading Otani and so Otani is now bleeding throughout the match and Otani's getting beaten up and um, Tanaka ends up getting tagged in and so like I said Kanemar had said something to Tanaka well Tanaka picks up Otani and Ganesuke and Kanemar are like yes. He's joining us. He's going to be one of us. Tanaka is a part of the Apache army. So they go to rush after Otani uh, with Tanaka holding up. Well, Otone, uh, Tanaka drops Otani and then does a um, a double spear on Kanemura and Ganesuke, which the crowd pops for. The Zero One crowd is happy. Tanaka is staying a part of Zero One. He's not going to. He's not a part of the Apache army. Uh, Tanaka then does a stunner DDT on both Kanemura and Ganesuke, and then he tornado DDTs both of them. Um, Ganesuke would fight back and hits an awesome looking suplex. Um, and then clotheslines Tanaka. Uh, Otani would come back in and uh, suplex Ganesuke um, and make the cover, but Kanemura would hit Otani with the chair. 
Um, and then that's when the Apache army would come in and everyone's starting interfering, attacking Otani. Um, they end up doing a super power bomb on Otani. And then Kanemura ends up climbing up uh, the top rope and doing a Bakuyama Sinton splash. Goito, uh, Goito ends up uh, coming in and again, uh, making the pinfall one, two, three. He has a referee's license, so the, the count is good. Kanemura gets the win over Otani. And so the Apache Army starts off strong here. They got a win over 0 1, and um, they're doing the team no respect dance, and things are looking good right now. I mean, and, and this was a successful 0 1 show, also. I mean, and the crowd was hot. This um, Apache Army 0 1 feud. We'll go over it more here in a second. You know, there was something real. There was something there, uh, especially at the beginning, um, and this this really um, took off right away. And you know, like I said, this was this was something special. It seemed like at the time. And um, anyway, the so the Apache Army gets the win over the zero one guys, and so they, you know, like I said, they are starting off strong, getting a win, um, and everyone's celebrating and. Um, and then on September 21st, uh, in Ikebukuro, uh, Kentaro Kanemura and Tetsuhiro Kuroda take on uh, Wataru Sakata and Tatsuhiro Takeiwa. Um, Kanemura would end up hitting um, Sakata with the chair, and Kuroda would end up rolling uh, up uh, Sakata with a uh, Samson clutch. So Kanemura and um, Kuroda end up getting the win. Um, Within the main event, it's Shinjiro Otani and Masato Tanaka against Mr. Ta uh, Ganesuke and Hido. Well, uh, during this match, um, Kanemura would interfere. He ends up hitting a senton on Otani. And Goito, again, comes in to make the count. You know, he's going to make that referee count again. Nakamura, who's the 0-1 president uh, to this day, he was the ring announcer um, back then. Um, I think he still is. He ends up pulling Goito out of the ring to make sure he doesn't do this again and make another three count and give the Apache Army a win over 0-1. He pulls him out. Well, go that pisses Goito off, who kicks him and then starts laying Nakamura out. Well, then Goito uh, ends up um, coming coming back in the ring. Well, there's Shinjiro Otani who gives Goito a suplex, lands right there, uh, and he pretty much suplexes him over his head. And then Otani ends up picking up Hito and hitting the spiral bomb and getting the win over Hito. So zero one kind of gets uh, some win, uh, a house show win back here over the Apache Army. Um, but things, like I said, things are starting to really pick up here. Uh, zero one, you know, was really hot promotion at this time. And right now, the FNW guys, the Apache Army, they're the top heels in this hot promotion. So okay, that's gonna take us on to uh, a Fuki Gun show on September twenty second. So I may mention how, um, you know, this was really hot. This there was kind of a passion here. These like, hey, FMW is back, and so this is like the prime FMW is back show. Um, these fans came to this show and they announced 1900, which is you know a good show. Um, but they can't. These were you know, and again, it might not even really been 1900, but it was pretty packed. I mean, by by no means is this anywhere close to what like WMF did in July, where like, oh, this is empty building. This is a pretty um, healthy crowd, and they're passionate. This crowd is rabid. They love the FNW guys, the Apache army, there is a passion to this, to this fan base. Um, the show starts off with the brief brothers coming out. Um, and they're doing their comedy skit and everything. They're coming from the, uh, they're doing the, uh, from the balcony and coming to the ring to, uh, 
come out and play. And uh, Choco Ball Mukai comes out, and he's in his boxers. Well, they're like, no, you're not a part of our group, Choco Ball. And so they end up, Choco Ball's not allowed in the Brief Brother uh, group, even though he so badly wants to be a part of it. Um, and then, and this show also was taped, by the way, that the Samurai started airing the Fuki Army, uh, starting with this show. Um, and so the semi-main event is Jiro Tani against Hito. And so Hito going forward, it's kind of going to be like the the semi-main event um, to have a really good death match against like an outsider. Like that's going to be his thing going forward. Um, so his first match is against Otani. Um, and also, by the way, Megumi Kudo is uh, is um, doing color commentating uh, during this show. And so she's watching this match. She's watching her husband take on Otani. Um, so Hito ends up um, – he grabs the uh, barbed wire bat. It's a Caribbean barbed wire baseball ladder death match. And Hito grabs the barbed wire bat, and um, you know they both use it on each other. They're both bleeding, and um, Otani would suplex Hito through a barbed wire board and – um, they would end up brawling right there by the announcers' tables where Kudo is, and um, Otani ends up grabbing um, uh, Kudo's drink, and he puts his hand out to shake Kudo's hand, and she's just like, "No, I, I can't shake your hand, sorry." And Hito goes right after Otani, starts attacking him, and um, uh, they end up fighting back into the ring, and Hito uh, starts choking Otani out with the bat. Uh, Otani would come back, and he starts. Um, choking out uh, Hito uh, with the barbed wire bat, and eventually Otani would end up getting the win, choking Hito out with the barbed wire bat. So, you know, Hito's not going to win any of these matches, but he's going to try his best to have the best death match um, he can. And then um, the main event is uh, Masato 0-1 team of Masato Tanaka, Hideki Osaka, and Yoshihito Sasaki. Uh, Osaka was actually an all-Japan wrestler at this time, but... Um, all Japan and Zero One were working a lot together around this time period. Uh, they're going to take on uh, Mr. Ganosuke, Kentaro Kanemura, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda in a street fight. Um, they do a spot where um, Tanaka and, and, and Ganosuke, they look, they're just awesome together, especially around this time period. Um, Tanaka goes for a rolling elbow. Ganosuke catches him and turns it into a Ganosuke clutch on Tanaka. Um, you know, this crowd is, like I said, so passionate. They are screaming for the Apache Army. Like, this is, you know, FMW at the end never had this fan base. Like, something has, uh, I don't know if it was the 96, 97 fan base has come back or something, but this fan base is screaming. This is one of those, like, heated matches, heated shows um, ever, pretty much, for anything after FMW. Um Goito would end up running in and throwing a chair at Tanaka, um, and Tanaka's uh, later in the match. Tanaka's going for a frog splash, and uh, Goito's blocking him uh, from doing the frog splash. Well, Nakamura, the zero one ring announcer, comes in and um, to try and attack Goito. Well, Ganosuke ends up grabbing Nakamura um, and and throwing him at Goito. And, you know, laying out Nakamura so Goito can hit a frog splash on Nakamura. And then um, this would uh, eventually lead to Kuroda hitting a lariat on Sasaki. 
and um, would end up getting the win over the 0-1 team. So the Apache Army gets another win over the 0-1 team, and um, you know they're all celebrating. They're all doing the team no respect dance, and um, Goemon and Onryo are there, and uh, Gonosuke actually tries making Onryo do the team no respect dance because Goemon and Onryo would never do the dance. He actually grabs Onryo's arms and tries making him physically do the dance, and uh, but so right now, this is probably the this is the hot part of of FMW you know, post FMW uh, the Apache Army and like I said, this fan base they love their FMW Apache Army guys because there is such an a ovation and again it's not a sold out building or anything and they're not really doing tours at this point but I mean something over the last couple months where either the, you know WW shows weren't doing that great and the WMF shows aren't doing that great well now they're together and I mean they're not like I said they're not selling out but they're doing a lot better they're doing financially successful shows. But they're so passionate of a fan base, and this fan base would actually stay with the Apache Army pretty much until the end of Canamar's Apache Army in 2007. Um, you know, there was just this passionate fan base, and um, and I don't know, just something. Uh, the post FMW group just they love this. They love these guys. All right, so okay, that goes forward to on September 23rd, Onita wrestled great Sasuke. Um, now, this was an exploding barbed wire match with a loser must retire stip. Um, there's not, I couldn't really find a ton of info about it. So I was wondering, uh, you know, what happened? How did they build this and how did it draw? Um, well, it was a Michinoku show. And so pretty much the um, the gist of the beginning of this match really was, um, we talked about how Mr. Pogo ran for office in his uh, city of Gunma. And, um, you know, he didn't win, but Onita uh put in a good word for him yeah you should vote for pogo you should vote you know uh onita had you know went all out for his friend pogo and storyline and i'm sure in real life pogo really appreciated that and so pogo now loves onita so they're now friends they're together they're allies and i don't i don't know at this point if pogo had lost the election but I think he was still running. I don't think he had lost at this point. Um, but, you know, like I said, so he's big-time friends with um, Onita. Well, Onita and Sasuke also we talked about last episode. He had won, um, you know, he had won an election. Um, and so, you know, they're both in politics, Sasuke and Onita. Well, Onita wants a match with Sasuke, you know, uh, you know, political figure versus political figure. Well, Mr. Pogo being... Onita's I love Onita now. He ends up, you know, getting in Sasuke's face in the in, in the street and attacking Sasuke. He ends up um I think it was in Tokyo, you know, in Tokyo, Shinjuku maybe. Um but he attacks uh Sasuke and rips the mask off Sasuke and so um Onita's actually going to be the heel in this match. Uh but you know and he's going to have Mr. Pogo with him. So Onita and Pogo come to the ring together, Pogo in a suit and tie and um, Onita, and this is at a ski lodge, and um, I don't know as far as how well it did, um, but I mean, you, most of the crowd actually is um, again like the the hard camera is uh, facing against them, so you don't even really see the crowd um, too much on this show. But this is going to be a um, exploding barbed wire double hell death match um with the ladder and uh this is an intense match so right away onita and sasuke they're fighting over trying to send each other outside the ring into the the, the uh, barric the 
barbed wire barricade that's explosives. They're fighting um, outside the ring, and um, Sasuke uh, reverses and sends Onita into the uh, exploding barbed wire. Um, so Onita takes the first exploding barbed wire bump, and then um, they end up getting the ladder out, and um, they both are climbing the ladder, and Onita ends up knocking Sasuke off the ladder into the exploding uh, barbed wire into the exploding barbed wire. And this is an insane bump right away. Like, holy crap. And Sasuke, it actually tears Sasuke's pants, uh, rips his pants. Um, and Onita brings him back into the ring, and Onita's trying to rip off uh, Sasuke's mask, and uh, he actually does a good job of, like, tearing most of it off, and you can see um, part of Sasuke's face. So actually, during the match, Sasuke has to, actually has to use another mask because the other mask was so ripped up. Um and anyway, so Sasuke ends up climbing the ladder again during this uh, during the match, and now Onita shoves Sasuke off the ladder into the exploding barricade. And this is like, oh my goodness! Like, this is one of the most uh, intense exploding barbed wire spots ever, really. I mean, because of how much damage it does to Sasuke. It rips up his um, his top half of his clothes, and you see this deep cut on his back. It is, his back is bleeding, and it's bad. Like, and, and there's smoke everywhere, and it's, I mean, this was, these were two insane spots that Sasuke did. It. I don't think I've ever seen, you know, Sasuke does, there's the whole, you know, every December he does the um, comedy matches at Corgan Hall, and he gets in a barrel and jumps off the top turnbuckle in a barrel. Th those spots are nothing compared to what he was doing here in these exploding bar bar matches because he's coming off high, uh, high, uh, high, uh, high, uh, very high heights and, you know, taking insane exploding bar bar spots and getting cut open bad uh, in the process. Um, so anyway, so Onita ends up uh, hitting a fire, a thunder fire power bomb on Sasuke. Okay, um, Sasuke kicks out. Well, then Onita does his Thunderfire powerbomb on the ladder. Well, um, you know, Sasuke kicks out again. Then Onita charges Sasuke with the ladder, and they both end up going into the exploding barbed wire together. Well, then they're both down, so Mr. Pogo goes, I'm going to get involved in this match. So Pogo gets in the ring, and he's going to blow a fire at Sasuke to help out his, his buddy Onita out. Well, he ends up messing up, and he blows the fire, and then actually the fire land uh, ends up going at Onita. And this was actually an insane fire spot because Onita is literally on fire. You know, usually there's the pogo spot where, oh, fire brushes up against him. Well, not this. This is uh, the his Onita's T-shirt is on fire, and Onita has to, like, grab his shirt and throw it off. And, and, and you see the shirt on fire afterwards. And um, so anyway, so uh, because of the whole distraction and his shirt on fire, Sasuke ends up um, rolling up Onita. And so Sasuke gets the one, two, three over Onita, finally defeats Onita. Uh, this is their, you know, their second time they fought, gets his win back nine years later. And, um, you know, and like you had made mention, this was a stipulation where the loser would have to retire. So Onita now has to retire. Um, afterwards, Pogo would attack Sasuke, you know, pissed off that Sasuke beat Onita. Well, Onita picks up the chair, uh, picks up a chair, and he hits, and, you know, he, it looks like he's going to hit uh, Sasuke with it. He's going to join Pogo. Well, instead, he attacks Pogo with it instead, and he ends up laying Pogo out, and 
Onita and Sasuke end up hugging afterwards. Um, and, you know, so now Pogo's like, F Onita, you know, the, the friendship between Onita and Pogo, that's over with. Um, and like I said, Onita and Sasuke hug, but Sasuke's back is so cut up. He has to end up going to the hospital. They, they put him in an ambulance right away, and he is sent to the hospital because how bad his shoulder, the back of his shoulder is cut open um, due to the cut. So this was, I mean, I don't want to say it was a good match, but this is one of the most insane, insane spectacles of spots that what Sasuke was willing to do here. Um, and it's not really remembered very well, but it was... It was um, something to watch. Um, it's, I mean, just for the for how intense these spots were. But um, as far as the retirement goes, um, you know, uh, and you know, this is one of the Onita. Oh, he retired. He retired. Well, it's because Onita. Like I said, Onita was now so into politics. You know, it was just taking up so much time. He felt like I can't. You know, he had no showed the WMF show back in July. All right, I don't want to commit to these shows, any any wrestling shows, and have to no show like I did back in July. So I'm now going to retire. And Onita knew he was not really retiring for good. But this was like, hey, let's make some money on the fact that I'm not going to wrestle for a while. And I don't think Onita wrestled for another year or so like he took a year off to be able to just focus on politics at this time you know wrestling wasn't really his main focus at this point uh, you know i've always just kind of considered onita kind of adhd and it's like whatever i like at the moment that's what i'm going to get, get into and right now politics and you know being a part of the japanese diet is his main focus and so he's going to take a, um, a a little bit of time off um to focus on that and not not wrestle and not possibly no show or miss a, miss a date as a result yeah, it's um, really interesting that, you know, just for context, we always go over the observers from the time, and Dave noted, like, in uh, July that the match was happening, but there was no follow-up whatsoever, so, and um, I was always really curious that this match didn't get more, uh, more you know, more coverage, I guess. Anyway, yeah, and I mean, and it's you know, I mean, and people talk about the '94 match all the time. I see you know gifs all the time uh, about the Sasuke dive, and I mean, it's a really popular um, you know match. And then yeah, this match nine years later, and I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with just the timing, and um, obviously Mikoku Pro wasn't as popular, and Onita wasn't as popular. Um, I mean, it aired on on Gaura, but. Um, and also, by the way, just to go back. It, it, they announced eight thousand people, and like I said, it was in a, a ski area. Um, but yeah, this was. I mean, as far as spots go and what Sasuke was willing to do, these are some of the most uh, intense, uh, you know, scary uh, b spots that have to do with exploding barbed wire because of how deep the cuts. And like you said, like I said, like it looks like Sasuke's on fire on some, some of these spots. Like smoke is all around him because of how hot the, the flames were from him hitting the exploding barbed wire from falling off a ladder. Um, awesome. So, okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm just curious, can people find that on, uh, your site? Um, I, I sell it. So if anyone contacts me, I have it on MP4 and I have the DVD. Um, I don't have anything listed on Michinoku Pro, but I do have this DVD. Uh, if, if anyone reaches out to me about it. Awesome. So, okay. Uh, one thing that we haven't brought up yet is, um, Hayabusa and his health and his finances. How is he doing? Um, well, we talked about it last episode how, um, you know, he's living, he has moved out of the hospital. Um, so he is now living at home. Um, he is, you know, 
having a tough time adjusting to life because, you know, he hated living at the hospital because like, oh, it's like, wait, what? You know, I have to be here. It's like I'm in jail and it's stressful. And, you know, all you're just doing is just laying in bed and you're not, you're not seeing your family or anything like that. Well, you know, so he's um, dealing with a lot of issues, you know, and I talked about how you know, uh, Ganesuke was pretty much had Neo Fujita, a uh, WMF wrestler who was a trainee and, you know, a young boy at the time, li- ha- like be a halfway uh, aide for Hayabusa. And Fujita was kind of like, oh, man, I respect and love Hayabusa so much, but man, he was a, you know, he's a jerk essentially, you know, and Fujita didn't say that, but Hayabusa said that. I was a jerk to Fujita. I cursed him out. I got so frustrated. I might yell at him. And um, so there had, you know, so Hayabusa, you know, this isn't some, this was obviously wasn't just this, oh, Hayabusa's back home, everything's great. Well, um, you know, he's having a tough time adjusting to just life, li- you know, living at a, in, in his house um, and being handicapped. And so, you know, I talked about last episode how they had to get a bed for him, a specific bed, an uh, electronic bed. And um, right now he's really also, hey, living in that hospital cost a lot of money. And so what happened actually was um, Hayabusa heard about like this, this, um, this government aid. Um, it was uh, workman's comp insurance pretty much. And he applied for it when he was living in the hospital. Hey, you know, because again, Hayabusa, they're spending all their money, li- you know, to Hayabusa pretty much live in the hospital uh, for over a year. I mean, that's costing a lot of money. And, you know, Hayabusa had some, you know, money, but it wasn't like he was a millionaire or anything like that. You know, so living in a hospital just sucked all the money dry from him and his wife. And so they're really struggling financially. Well, Hayabusa heard about this government aid, so he applied for it while he was living um, at the at the hospital that would help pay for his medical bills. Well, the, you know, so he, he files for it and everything. Well, he ends up moving out, living in his house. And as a result, it's it would not – the whole um, – Government aid would not be processed until he had moved into his house. And so they tell him, you don't qualify for this offer anymore. And why not? Because you don't live in the hospital. You have to live in the hospital to receive this aid to cover the medical bills. You live at home. You're, you know, you're independent. But Hibusa goes, but I filed for it when I was living in the hospital. I lived in the hospital for a year. And they go, nope, too bad. Sorry. We're rejecting it. So Hayabusa doesn't get this aid to help pay for his bill. So how is Hayabusa getting paid at this point? Pretty much just through um, WMF. And we'll probably go over here in the next episode or go. Hayabusa has financial issues, has um, issues with WMF. And um, they don't pay him what they, they don't pay Hayabusa what what they promise. And so Hayabusa is really financially hurting at this point. Um, So this is not a good situation for him. Uh, um, he is uh, really struggling financially. Um, you know, like I said, his wife is working, um, but you know, they have two kids also that they have to support. And um, I mean, things are just going really bad right now, actually for him. I mean, it, moving home, moving back to his house was something he had like, Oh, this is my dream. I can't wait. I'm going to be back with my wife, be back with my kids. Well, it, it wasn't all, you know, it, it wasn't all, um, a picture perfect dream by any means because he's definitely dealing with some hardship and dealing with some issues. And I mean, 
he's never admitted, but talking to him and just knowing his story and, and talking to his daughters about, or talking to uh, one, one of his daughter, um, he was bitter about wrestling. And especially because of this, the whole financial, you know, um, FNW closing down. So, hey, they weren't offering the insurance that, you know, a ride goes, FNW is going to cover you. We're going to cover you. Don't worry. If you have insurance with FNW, well, then FNW closes down. He doesn't have that insurance anymore. And, you know, well, and then Arai kills himself. So what are you going to do? <laughs> like, and Arai couldn't uh, afford to help him anyway. So, you know, like I said, Hayabusa was very bitter about wrestling um, pretty much the rest of his life. I mean, he had his wrestling friends and he, you know, it was a good time in his life. But, um, I mean, his daughter wants nothing to do with wrestling pretty much because, hey, this is the this is the business that took away my father pretty much. And so and left him crippled and then, you know, eventually left him, you know, 15, 16 years later dead. And so, you know, there was definitely hard feelings towards the business at this point. And Hayabusa is really, like I said, going through a really tough time at this period um, because he being a handicapped person without a job and not being able to get any aid is a uh, financial nightmare. I find that kind of like I like that really shocks me because of you know all of the um, the help that's poured in for uh, Takaya. Um, oh my God, what's his name? The former shoot fighter, um, Takayama. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know there's been a lot, but even then, uh, the donations for those don't even equal a lot. So it, it's very, it's hard being a Ooh. wrestler. And also, like I said, I mean, T Takayama is li living in the hot, you know, like he, I, as far as I know, I, I mean, he might have been moved into a, his house or whatever, but like Hayabusa was in a lot better shape actually than Takayama. At least Hayabusa could you know, roll around in his wheelchair and he could walk with a cane if he needed to. And, um, you know, I mean, Hayabusa would eventually live by himself in his apartment. So, I mean, Hayabusa was in a lot better shape than Takayama. So I'm guessing Takayama at least qualified for that offer. But also he was work he had a contract with DDT as well. So DDT at least, I'm guessing is at least paying somewhat of his finances. And then on top of, yeah, having all this, um, all these donations and everything. And um, I mean, Hayabusa didn't really get those donations. You weren't seeing like, hey, at this indie promotion, let's donate this money to Hayabusa. You know, Hayabusa wasn't getting that much money. I and mean, like I said, he was working for WMF and um, WMF screwed him over financially. And I mean, we'll go over that more in the next episode, but um, Hayabusa was very, you know, was he was led to believe he was going to get paid a lot more money than he did. And um, I mean, just a lot of bad things happen. Um, you know, a lot of things just didn't go as planned pretty much. All right. Okay, uh, so going on, one little tidbit that I wanted to bring up because I know a lot of diehard fans who don't really know this is that Zandig and Nick Gage, they returned to Japan to wrestle for zero one at at this time. Um, now, obviously, when they left Big Japan, even to this day, if you you know companies aren't keen, you know they left a really bad mark when they left, and I, I was really surprised when they came back. Um, if you want to let people know, like what was the arrangement here and how did it? Uh, you know, how did it go? Yeah, so the uh, first one was they came in for zero one in September. Uh, so that September 19th show, they were on uh, the show. And like I said, it was kind of like this – it was kind of like this FNW vibe, but it wasn't – it was like FNW zero one, but it was a mix of like, hey, just – 
deathmatch, deathmatch indies. And so they brought in um, Zandig and Gage uh, in September. Um, you know, and I mean, I don't know the full details. I'm sure um, it was, you know, cause, hey, Kasai, who do you, you – know? and Zero One also was bringing in a lot of American uh, wrestlers at this time period. Um, you know, I, I may mention earlier in the year they had brought in Loki and AJ Styles. Um, during the summer they had brought in uh, CM Punk and uh, Josh Daniels. So they were bringing in a lot of guys, and so – you know, and this was just uh, a pretty much, a th like I said, they, they wrestled on the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st. Um, they had a no contest with Koei uh, Sato and uh, Hirotaka Yokoi, uh, who were 0-1 kind of like shoot fighter uh, guys at the time. And then, um, you know, it was a no contest, referee throws out, to the brawling's too much. So that match was nothing. So, um, and then the next couple shows that were just house shows um, were pretty much just like, hey, you know, you're going to be in the main event or you're going to, or, at least the next show was a main event and you're gonna you're gonna lose type thing um and then they'd have an undercard match um on the next show so anyway um they were like i said it's either kasai or maybe homicide was a regular around that time period i think you know just bringing in uh, like hey what foreign foreign guys that are like deathmatch indie guys can we bring in and Kasai probably was like, hey, we can bring in, you know, Zandig. And, you know, I mean, they obviously weren't going to have the power that they had in Big Japan by any means. Like I said, they were only going to work one tour in September. Um, uh, and Zandig would come back in December. Um, he would work a Fuyuki Army show and then one zero one show. So they obviously weren't on as much as the Big Japan, you know, touring regularly in Big Japan. I think it was just a, hey, what American deathmatch wrestler can we have that has a name that, you know, I mean, Japanese fans know. And that's Zandig and, you know, and to a lesser extent, uh, Nick Gage from Big Japan 2000-2001. So, like I said, I think it was just more of a favor. Uh, we're looking to, you know, do something like this. Who's the best name? Uh, Kasai says we should, you know, Kasai says Zandig is, can, we can bring in Zandig type thing. All right, so it's going to go on to uh, October 10th, Zero One ran a show, if you want to go over that one. Yeah, so on October 10th, um, Kentaro Kanemura and Tetsuhiro Kuroda, they challenged for the all-Asian tag team titles. I may mention um, how Zero One and All Japan were kind of like, they were linked together at this point. They were working so much together. Um you know that they would have a fire festival tournament sh um, show on an all Japan card, and Satoshi Kojima had won the fire had won the fire festival. Well, all Japan is gonna had let uh, Sato and Yokoi, um, like I said, they were kind of like this shoot fight zero one um, zero one wrestlers. They let them won the, win the all Asian tag titles, um, which is like their secondary titles. Hayabusa and Shinzaki had won these titles in ninety nine. Well, Kanemura and Kuroda, they're going to challenge for uh, these titles. And this show actually wasn't taped, but Kanemura would end up getting a Samson clutch on Sato to win the All-Asian Tag Team titles. Well, Nakamura, who I've talked about how he obviously has issues with Goito and the Apache Army and, you know, their cheating ways. Well, he um, is supposed to present the titles to uh, Kanemura and Kuroda. Well, Kanemura and Kuroda go, you got to put the, the title belts on us. You know, you need to wrap the, the belts around our waist. And um, Nakamura ends up just going, nope, not doing that, and just puts 
down the titles and drops them on the on the mat. You know, you can pick them up yourself. The, you know, uh, these are yours, but I'm not doing the what you want me to do. Well, Goito comes in uh, with a with a with a bat, and um, Kinamura instead grabs the bat from um, Goito and smashes knock against uh, smashes the bat against Nakamura. So he attacks and lays out Nakamura. So again, this is just to kind of continue to get heat for the. Um, the Apache Army, and um, you know they're winning. They're winning a lot here, um, as far as like the zero one goes. But really, the only like wow, this was a really impressive win was the the September nineteenth, uh, Kanemura getting a win over Atani, and of course it was through interference. Um, so they're letting Apache. Army get a lot of wins here at the beginning and a lot of interference and a lot of screw job finishes. Um, but Zero One's about to um, pretty much uh, cash in the receipt at this point because Zero One's uh, the, the winning is going to stop here uh, coming up soon. Um, but right now, the uh, Apache Army, you know, they're getting the one up almost all the time over the Zero One guys. All right. So, okay, so this is going to take us on to. Um... A WMF show on October 19th, if you want to go over that one. Yeah, so this was at the Differa Rocky. Um, again, this wasn't tape, but there were highlights. And they announced 540 fans. So I think about that. I may mention last you know, uh, last month they ran it and they announced 1,000 um, in an 1,800-seat building. That's not very good. But now they're announcing four, 540. So like that's almost one-fourth the building is filled and what they're announcing. So this... I'm sure it was not a financial. I'm sure it was a financial flop completely, because um, that's a that's a horrible number, and um, the main event is Hito against Mama Sasaki in a Caribbean barbed wire board ladder death match. So WMF is gonna try and bring back the death match as well. Hey, you know Apache's doing it. They're they're hot right now. Um, we got so many Apache guys. Um, we might, uh, you know, the Fuki Army guys. We might as well do the death matches. And I mean, I, like I said, obviously this wasn't uh, anything that drew uh, for this show at least. And I mean, and Mama Sasaki against Hito is not a drawing main event. Hito is not, you know, at the top level of of a guy that can like draw in a main event match at this point. But um, so Hito and Mammoth Sasaki, they're going at it. Um, and Hito would close, end up clotheslining Mammoth um, off the ramp. There, there's a ramp from the entrance to the ring, and Hito would end up clotheslining Mammoth off it, uh, and Mammoth would fall into a barbed wire board. And then uh, Mr. Ganeske would interfere. He would grab a chair and um, get or and give Hito the chair. Um, well, he attack Ganeske. Sorry, Ganeske would attack Mammoth with the chair, and that would lead to Hito grabbing a light tube, a fluorescent light tube, and smashing it over Mammoth's head. And that's how Hito would end up getting the win over uh, Mammoth Sasaki. And again, this is, you know, Mammoth's supposed to be the top guy of WMF, and he's taking a loss to Hito, who's probably one of the lesser, you know, undercard guys in a, um, in Fuyuki Army. Um, so anyway, Hito would end up getting the win. Um, afterwards, um, Mammoth Sasaki would announce, you know, I want a rematch. I want, you know, Ganesuke had interfered against Hito. I want a tag match. I want uh, uh, I want a tag match, Ganesuke and Hito, uh, against me and Tenru. And I, I want a match, you know, um, at the next Corrigan Hall show. So that's what's looking like, you know, Hito and Ganesuke against Tenru and Mama Sasaki. So when WMF started, they were trying to um, not do the death matches. Now we're seeing they're trying out the you know the uh the death matches 
Um, this led to a WMF press conference on October 29th. Um, what kind of changes are the company going through? Well, um, the, the press conference was to announce that uh, Tenru was going to be on the show. And um, that instead of, of, of um, Tenru and, and Mama Sasaki, Mama Sasaki wants Tenru to wear the Hayabusa mask. He wants Tenru to re uh, return as uh, Hayabusa, which you know he had done that gimmick in FMW in 2000. Uh, be you know uh, he he was kind of known as Big Hayabusa, and um, so he wants Tenru to bring back the Hayabusa spirit um, that he did in 2000. So um, the match is going to be uh, Mama Sasaki and Tenru as Hayabusa against Mr. Ganasuke and Hido. Um, as far as the death matches go, I mean, they didn't really make an announcement or anything like that. Like, hey, we're going to do death matches going forward. It was just something that gradually happened that they felt like, okay, we need to make changes. And again, I'm sure the sponsor is going, hey, um, uh, Yamata, Tetsuya Yamada is going, hey, uh, Fuyuki Army, they're running death matches and they got this hot crowd and, you know, they're not selling out Corgan Hall, but they're doing good numbers. We're doing crappy numbers under this whole no death match thing. No, we need to do death matches. So I'm sure it's something along those lines where, like, hey, we're not doing too well. We need to do something different. Let's see if the death match can draw. And so they agreed to, you know, bring back death matches in, in, to a certain extent. It still never was anything like, um, what the uh, Big Japan or even what the Puyuki Army are doing. That Hito Mama Sasaki match is probably the most death match they got, which having a Caribbean uh, a barbed wire board outside the ring and having a barbed wire bat. And they would use the barbed wire bat a couple times, but I um, mean, nothing to, uh, nothing to like where anyone's uh, seriously injured from a death match by any means. But uh, they're definitely feeling like we need to try everything to try and see if anything um, can catch on. Okay. So that's going to take us to a Fuki Gun show on uh, October 24th. So um, they announced 1,800 fans. So again, um, the July show did uh, 2,000. The September show did 1,900. The October show did 1,800. So there is like this kind of smaller drop a little bit. And I mean, by no means is this uh, a bad number. I mean, I think they would take this number each time. But, and again, and this fan base is ready like these are the, those passionate hardcore fans that are coming in. They want to see the Apache Army win again, and um, so the show actually opens with uh, Sebu and um, Goemon and all the Apache Army guys or all the Fuki Army guys coming to the ring. Uh, uh, Seb Sebu is holding up um, a picture of the Sheik. And, or I think actually going sorry Goemon's holding a picture of the Sheik, and so they do a retirement ceremony for the Sheik. The Sheik had died in January, and this was the first time that Sebu had wrestled with this the, these FNW guys. I think maybe even the first time he'd been back to Japan um, at this point. So he, you know, they do a retirement ceremony, and like I said, this is all the FNW guys that a lot of these guys grew up, you know, on the same card with the Sheik. Um, Nakagawa, Ganasuke, uh, Kenamura, you know, they all wrestled Onita's FMW. So a lot of these guys, you know, toured with the Sheik or, or worked with the Sheik. So they had, um, really good memories of him. So there, that's what opens the show. Um, and, um, the, uh, semi main event is Sabu taking on Hito. Like I mentioned, you know, Sabu is kind of, um, or sorry, Hito is kind of, um, 
wrestling these semi-main event death matches. Um, the the first one was a Caribbean barbed wire death match. Well, this one's kind of be like this extreme style match, like easy, you know, an ECW match. Because um, most fans at this point, even in Japan, know Sabu uh, for ECW more than FMW probably um, in, at this point in 2003. Um, but you know, and they use a ladder, and um, Sabu does a couple dives. Uh, Hito does a suplex on the ladder. Um, but eventually, uh, Sabu would end up putting Hito through the table, um, and Sabu would end up getting the win over Hito. It's, I mean, it's a good match. Sabu at this point is kind of starting to break down, but by no means is he bad at, bad um, or completely broken down. I mean, I'd still consider him a good worker at this point. I mean, he does miss some spots here, but um, Sabu would end up getting the win. Um, and the main event is Apache Army, Kentaro Kanemura, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, Taka uh, Michinoku, Mr. Ganasuke, against Shinjiro Otani, Masato Tanaka, Tatsuhiro Takeiwa, and Yoshihiro Sasaki. It's a Captain's Falls, a Captain Falls Elimination Street Fight. The captains are Otani and Kanemura, so that means even if whoever gets pinned, it does, the match keeps going. They're just eliminated. Uh, um, the only way the match ends is if Otani or Kanemura take the fall. And, um, you know, Yoshihiro Sasaki also, you know, like I said, he's in this match and he um, definitely has this passion. Uh, he is a very passionate worker. He, I mean, he's a great worker at the time, but, you know, he came in through the FMW dojo and was an FMW wrestler, but then joined Zero One as soon as FMW closed. So he's with the Zero One guys and he has like, like he is showing so much passion and emotion. He's going right after Kanemura. Um, he sends Kanemura through a table. Um, all the, all the wrestlers are brawling uh, with each other all over the building um taka uh the taka would actually be the the uh pretty much the guy that would that would get destroyed here all the zero one guys are focusing on taka taka gets busted open um they're like torturing uh taka during this match kicking them uh just messing with them like i said taka's like bleeding all over the place it's like four on one um eventually taka would make the hot tag to Kuroda, and um you know like i said this is like Oh, the crowd! Like a, the crowd is waiting to erupt. They want to see the Apache Army win. They want to see. They want like what they want a month ago to happen again. Like they're waiting to just show how much they love the guys. But the zero one, like I said, zero one at this point is like, mm, okay, we've let you win enough. We're taking over, and when we take over, like they're like in control a majority of the match, and so the crowd never really is into this match it's like they're waiting to like explode but the zero one guys are just like like i said like just they're destroying taka throughout the match um you know blooding him up like they're just in control of the whole match um there would be a spot where um ganasuke comes in and um you know he ends up doing a, a ganasuke clutch on tatsuhito takiiwa um they would do a um uh, a super power bomb on him, um, and they suplex Takeiwa. You know they're focusing on Takeiwa a lot, but Takeiwa would come back and he would end up eliminating uh, Tsuchihiro Kuroda with the Death Valley uh, bomb. So Kuroda gets eliminated, and so Kuroda's out. So now it's four on three, um, and at this point, Kanemura it comes in and he's just gonna go right after Otani because, like I said, it's either Kanemura, Otani are the only ones that can lose to like for the match to end. So Kanemura comes in and he goes right away for a Samson clutch on Otani. Uh, Otani ends up kicking out. Uh, 
Yoshihiro Sasaki comes in and delivers a German suplex which lead on Kanemura, which leads to um, Otani putting Kanemura in a cross face. And eventually, Kanemura would end up having to tap out. So the 0-1 guys win. And like I said, they eliminate, pin Kuroda, they pin Kanemura. None of their guys get knocked out. They control the majority of the match. The crowd, a Fuyuki Army crowd, is waiting for to just explode. They're ready to cheer for the guys, and it never happens. The zero one guys just pretty much, I mean, like I said, Ganesuke had some spots in there, but they pretty much dominated this whole match. Um, and the crowd is, I mean, the, it just never really, it just, they just kind of watched and like, Oh, it's kind of like going to like a sports team, you know, a sporting event waiting for your team to, you know, at least make a comeback or at least, you know, do something awesome. And it never happens. It's, it was almost like a blowout. Like there's just like nothing really ended up. There was nothing ever really to cheer for. And so this really kind of hurt the match that there really wasn't anywhere near heat a month ago. And like I said, you could tell the fans wanted to erupt, but zero one at this point, it's like, okay, we've let you win for like almost nonstop for the last month. We're getting our wins back. And so, you know, so like I said, so not only do they win afterwards, the zero one guys, they're all standing over Kanemura and like, you know, mocking passion, like we won, we've won the war. And they're, um, you know, um, they end up, um, you know, standing over Kanemura and like laying out all the Apache guys and, um, Afterwards, they leave, and all the Apache guys get together, and they all put their hands together in defeat. Like, okay, we're still a group. We, you know, we suffered our first loss, but we're still uh, one, you know, uh, all for one, one for all type type thing. Well, Jintaro, who is not in the match, is, is pissed off at the zero one guys for what they did. So he attacked. Samu Namaguchi, who is Namaguchi, who is a zero-one trainee. He hadn't even made his debut yet. Um, young boy. He throws Namaguchi in the ring and, and begins um, beating him up, just destroying him. You know, they're taking out all their frustration on this young boy, and they're cutting him. You know, uh, cutting him up. And then you see Shin Hashimoto. He's watching. He's in the background of, of Corrigan Hall, and he's just watching. Uh, the zero one guy, or sorry, the Apache guys just beat up on this little uh, zero one dojo boy, and um, uh, so pretty much, uh, like I said, Hashimoto is just watching. So Kanemura gets on the mic. He sees Hashimoto. Hey Hashimoto, you know, come to the ring. So Hashimoto comes to the ring, and um, and Kanemura and Hashimoto they begin yelling at each other, and they begin you know having a, an argument. Well, this pisses off Kanemura, and ha Kanemura goes after Hashimoto, and they begin brawling. Well, if, like I said, if the Zero One guys are getting their wins over the, the, the Apache Army guys, Hashimoto by no means is, you know, going to really put over the Apache Army guys. Um, so he pretty much just throws Kanemura, like, no-sells Kanemura, um, and and just throws him to the ground. Um, all the Apache Army guys start attacking Hashimoto. Uh, he ends up you know, Ganesuke would hit a lariat on Hashimoto. He no-sells it. Doesn't even face him. Um, Hito lariats Hashimoto. No-sells it. Doesn't face him. Shintaro and, and Takamichinoku, they do a double super kick on Hashimoto. Doesn't face him at all. Uh, Kuroda comes at him. Nothing at all. Well, finally, 
Kanemura does the Fuyuki charge. He starts screaming and does a little foot foot stamp before finally hitting a lariat on Hashimoto and knocking Hashimoto down to the mat. And um, finally, Hashimoto you know just leaves the ring, and the Apache Army celebrates like this is the big win. We knocked down Hashimoto. We've got him down, even though he pretty much no sold all of our guys before finally. Anyway, it probably took the Fuki spirit, you know, to finally knock uh, Hashimoto down to the ground. And that that's that ends up ending the show. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So that's going to take us to a new company that we haven't talked about yet, which is uh, the WWS. They ran a show in Saitama on uh, November 9th. Wings promotion, the Mickey Ibaragi promotion started up in like 2001-ish or so. You know, it was kind of like, hey, it's the new Wing. And... Um, there, this is going to be, you know, like a, a wing nostalgia promotion, and they ran Corgan Hall a couple times and differ Rocky. Well, uh, you know, Mickey Ibaraki's kind of like Onita, where he, um, he, you know, okay, all right, I'm done with this. I'm taking a break from this. Like he gets these nostal- he get he gets this nostalgia vibes, and and maybe it's just the fact that these shows aren't, you know, he can't, ru- you know, keep running financially. I, I mean. I mean, he does love Wing, but he he brings Wing back all the time. So anyway, so he brought Wing back uh, in this 2000 2001 uh, one ish or so. And afterwards, he's like, you know, what? Mr. Pogo, who Mr. Pogo, who's working the shows, um, you know, I want you to take over the Wing promotion. So Mr. Pogo like takes over the Wing uh, lineage pretty much by starting this promotion, the World Wing Spirit. And essentially what this is, it's Mr. Pogo's small independent promotion um, where he's the main guy and, you know, they don't. They run in his uh, town, Gunma or Saitama, um, north of Tokyo. They never would really run Tokyo, and um, and it's just his his guys, his students, um, you know, his young boys working a show, and have he's in the main event. Um, and you know, they're not on TV by any, you know, they never got like a samurai TV deal or anything, but around this time period, um, occupation of the Indies, which is a show that still is on to this day. It's, um, at the time it was once a week, but now it's once a month. It's samurai TV airing kind of highlighted footage of all the, um, you know, independent promotions going on, giving them a little bit of exposure. So WWS at this time had been around, but there's never like any footage or anything like that. It was literally like, you're only, the only way you're going to see this is if you go to the shows. But at least with Occupation of the Indies, like, hey, now you can see a good minute or so of this of this show before, you know, uh, to see what it's like. But, um, so the show on, on November 9th, um, it's Mr. Pogo and uh, Ke- uh, Kazuki Harada against uh, Shadow WX and The Wolf. And, and Mr. Pogo would bring in, you know, Big Japan guys. He'd have Jun Kasai in all the time and Shadow, like I said, Shadow WX and, um, you know, they would have these crazy brawls and um mr pogo uh you know he would use his um his little sickle and and carve up shadow wx and so uh pogo's carving up shadow wx well shadow wx ends up um carving up mr pogo also during this match as well so they're both cut up um eventually mr pogo and um the wolf was this mass wrestler uh, for WWS? They would end up um, brawling in the outside, and they were fighting on a car, and uh, uh, fighting like throwing each other on a car outside, and um, you know, like it's, it's kind of like the uh, sur- we talked about a couple episodes, like survival to beat of these kind of indies, where like it's just this wild, crazy brawl where it's so 
it's so poor and cheap, but you know, I mean, there's a, there's a fan base there that really love it and they're, they're doing crazy things. And this is what this, you know, this promotion pretty much was. And, you know, they're brawling out in the parking lot and um, eventually they come back to the ring and um, Pogo would throw his, would set his, like spit his fireball out. And, um, but eventually the ending is uh, Shadow WX and the Wolf wrapping a, a chain around both Pogo and Harada. And they're choking Pogo and Harada out with their chain, with Pogo's chain. And eventually the referee would have to end the match um, with Shadow WX and the Wolf getting the win. And, um, you know, like I said, this is just kind of like what WWS was for the next like 15 years under Mr. Pogo. And these shows are still going on. And um, I wanted to ask you, do you know about like, so the average ticket price in, well, okay. I want to like, I'm curious about this because I'm looking to go back to Japan, maybe in May. And I actually want to do a tour of these really tiny indie companies because there are kind of a lot of these crash pad, no ring indies. But the tickets are yeah. still like 5,000 yen, which is like 40 to 45 US dollars for a crash pad indie that might have three or four matches and it's not very good. So I was just wondering, like, was the ticket price, like, were the ticket prices always on par with uh, the bigger companies? Yeah, it, it's always been $50 um, because they know they're not going to have that many fans there. So we got to at least make some money through. Um, through the actual price of the tickets. So they, yeah, the prices are always around 50. I mean, even if you go to like a, I mean, uh, obviously bigger, but if you go to a Shinkiba first ring show to this day, no matter how small this independent promotion is, like there's been shows where literally there's one match and that match is, yeah, $50 if you want uh, a, a natural seat, $40 if you want to sit on the balcony, which is like three feet away from the chairs. Um, that's just how it's always been set up. And yeah, these small shows, they, they will charge as much because they know this this fan base is passionate that they're willing to pay um, that amount, you know, that much amount of money to come to these shows. And hey, we need some type of profit because I mean, the fact that we we might only get 30, 40 people, we need we need at least to make some money off those 30 or 40 people because if we had the tickets at five, ten dollars, then okay, the gate's three hundred dollars and we can't even afford the building type thing. Okay, so um, here's a show that you you sent me. Now, I'll be honest, I don't really know so much about it, so I'll let you go over it. But there was a show on November 11th, and I'll just let you go over that uh, that one. It's a Yuki Ishikawa show. Um, y Yuki Ishikawa was a battle arts wrestler um, th throughout the 90s, you know, kind of this shoot-style shoot type uh, wrestler and um uh, he uh he so battle arts uh and we've talked about battle arts in the past they uh came from the y y yoshiaki uh fujiwara the uh fujiwara gumi promotion um and battle arts was created in like 95 or so and battle arts worked a lot with fmw well battle arts this promotion itself closed down in october 2001 um, they would actually restart it up as like this small little indie promotion. But at this time, a couple years later, you know, there is no battle arts. Well, Yuki Ishikawa, he wants to run his own show. So he runs a show at Corrigan Hall. And um, so and he has a couple of the um, the Apache Army guys on the show. Um, so Kanemura 
he would take down he'd take on uh, Manabu Hara, who is a uh, like I said, battle arts wrestler, and again, another shoot fi- style file, um, you know, mid-card, undercard guy, but he's a pretty good worker. Um, but Kanamura like started beating down Hara, and they end up bringing a table to this match. Kanamura's just like in control the whole time, and um, he sets up a table on, on the turnbuckle. And they're fighting on a table on the turnbuckle, and uh, Manabu Hara uh, ends up locking Kanemura in an arm lock in the corner, and uh, Kanemura would end up suplexing uh, Hara off the apron into a, onto a table, and Hara, the table wouldn't break. So Hara pretty much gets suplexed off the top turnbuckle on a table. Table doesn't break at all, so I'm sure it hurt a lot. And um, the referee would end up... Uh, ruling the match a TKO win for Kanemura because Hara could not get up after that spot. Um, and then the uh, main event is uh, Yuki Ishikawa and Takamichinoku against Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Chako Bob Mukai. Um, I mean, mentioned how earlier how Chako Bob Mukai, he wanted, uh, you know, he wanted to be part of the Brief Brothers, uh, you know, part of that, com- you know, the underwear and all that. Well, um, Apache Army was like, okay, no, 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 you're not a part of ours. We want serious, good wrestlers. You're just this joke. You're an undercard joke. You're not allowed in our group. So Chakobal Mukai, who had a shoot, like kind of a shoot style fight background, um, I mean, by no means was he like in a legitimate fight, as far as I know. Obviously, you know, he's best known for being a porn star, but he had a legitimate uh, background, like as far as like shoot, ki- you know, shoot fights and stuff. Or- at least training wise. So he uh, wants to show the Apache Army guys, like, hey, look, look what I can do. I am worthy of being a part of this group. And so he, um, you know, has this match, and, you know, it's a mat based match and everything like that. I mean, I've only seen clips, but, uh, um, you know, because this was such a small little nothing promotion, but, um, you know, this is kind of like Chakaba Mukai breaking away from the Apache guys to really show, like, hey, look what I'm capable of doing. Um, but, I mean, obviously, he's nowhere near the level of a Yuki Ishikawa or any of the Battle, Art, uh, Battle Arts guys. So Ishikawa would end up making Chakaba Mukai tap out um, and submit, but this would lead to Chakaba Mukai wanting to get better and wanting uh, un- to fight Ishikawa more. And uh, Mukai would would really start to um, focus more on these shoot-style type matches, these battle arts mat-based uh, wrestling going forward. Um, and it all started because, like I said, Brief Brothers didn't want him because they thought he was a joke. All right. So that's going to take us to a WMF show, which was on, on November 20th. So um, this show did better. Obviously, I think anything would have done better than the uh, show back in July. They announced 1500 uh, for this show. Um, you know, I mean, it's not empty. Uh, it's it, Tenru's on the show, so I'm sure that helped. Um, but they announced 1500 and Samurai, though, um, you know, every Corrigan Hall show had always at least WMF, you know, I talked about this last episode. WMF had always, they thought, okay, we're going to have a monthly show on Samurai. This is going to be something where Samurai is always, um, you know, everyone can keep up with us after, you know, even if we don't run Corrigan Hall, they're going to have a Samurai show for us. Well, after the first non Corrigan Hall show, um, Samurai's like, nope, no, no, no more uh, WMF unless you're working Corrigan. Well, so, okay. So they have Corrigan Hall show every three months or so. And um, due to July being so bad, Samurai goes, you know what? We'll let you stay on Samurai, but only for one hour. 
you're only getting one hour. So this show is only Samurai only agrees to air one hour show of this, and so they they can't even show all the matches um, on this card. Um, and and also, really quickly, I'm curious about that. So I'm really curious about that because it's like if. What, like, what's the difference for Samurai if it's three hours or one hour when, you know, Samurai TV, it's not like they're overflowing with content. It's a lot of reruns and stuff. So, like, to them, what's the difference between one hour and three hours? Well, probably how much they're pe willing to pay the promotion is one thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so like, hey, we're, we'll, we'll spend this much, but we're not going to spend the full two-hour amount. And also, hey, it allows another promotion, you know, because what Samurai usually has always done is one time a day, we're going to air, like, one show um, for the first time. And, and, and back then, they didn't air live shows. Uh, they air live shows a, a lot more now. But back then, there was never a live show. It was always, like, a two-hour block. So, uh, of, of new content, and then, like, the next 20 two hours is not you know is reruns pretty much um so this was you know the hey we don't want to invest our whole day in uh wmf getting the full one hour content we'll air something else that uh an hour you know that will also get an hour instead so there's that and then like i said they're they're not paying wmf the full amount that they would pay if they got the two hour block pretty much so, but WMF though, like I said, this is, they can't air the show. They can't air all the matches. Well, uh, for one hour block, they do the, uh, they start the show with the brief brothers coming out and that's 10 minutes. It takes up 10 minutes. So literally there's only 50 minutes of actual wrestling on this show. So they, uh, let's see, I guess Ganesuke thought more highly of, of the, um, WMF or sorry, of the brief brothers and the comedy skit than having like showing like some undercard match with Yuko Miyamoto or something like that. I'm guessing, um, but um, as far as the show goes, um, they had the Apache Army, Kentaro Kanemura, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and Goemon. You know, they're they're the heels in WMF, even though they're the faces in in the Fuki Army. They're going up against the Michinoku team of Jinsei Shinzaki, uh, Kazuya Yuasa, and uh, Seiji Keita. Who I may mention, you know, that's a Katakun. He um, had stopped, dropped being a comedy wrestler, and he actually had started touring for uh, Michinoku Pro around this time period as well. So he's actually, um, even though he's a WMF guy, he's um, with the Michinoku Pro team. And so, um, so it's um, Michinoku Pro against Apache Army, and um, Kanemura does a spot where um, he grabs Shinzaki and by the arm and he does the rope walk on Shinzaki. So he's walking the rope uh, while holding Shinzaki's hand and eventually Shinzaki would just let go and Kanemura falls crotch first uh, into the ropes. Um, Shinzaki uh, would end up throwing Kanemura into the corner and uh, um, uh, pretty much, or sorry, into the crowd. Uh, Kanemura would be thrown into the crowd and they're brawling and, uh, you know, Interesting thing, also uh, off topic, but I was really interested by the fact when I was interviewing Kanemura that he does not like Shinzaki. He may mention uh, pretty much just like he's an effing jobber. Like he, I don't know, there's something there. There's definitely some type of issue Kanemura has with Shinzaki, but um, I think this is the last time that they actually work together. Um, but anyway, so they're brawling in the crowd, and um, eventually uh, it would the finishing sequence would be Akeda going up against Goemon. Um, Akeda would end up hitting a, cl a clothesline on Goemon, and Akeda would get the win over Goemon. So Akeda gets the big win, uh, the Michinoku Pro guys win, and this is kind of like, hey, look, 
okay to beat an actual like legitimate wrestler and take him seriously wmf is really kind of pushing um for the you know to again it's just kind of like hey we need to push these young guys that we promised we'd push and make them stars um and so Akeda gets the big win over Goima um and then the main event is uh Mr. Ganasuke and Hito against Hayabusa uh which is Tenru and Mama Sasaki and um Tenru would actually come out to a Hayabusa Tenru uh remix theme song like Tenru's uh, beat, the ten, the beat of Tenru pretty much mixed in with the Hayabusa song. Uh, Ganasuke and Tenru, they brought during this match. They brawl all throughout the crowd, and like like they're up in the upper deck, pretty much of the crowd, like up against the wall. Tenru is like throwing uh, chair or throwing. He grabs a book bag of a fan and throws it at Ganasuke. Um, and then, um, like I said, they're just th- they're just brawling all over the crowd here. Um, and eventually, uh, t- they would get back into the ring. Um, Ganasuke and Hito are outside the ring. Uh, Mamasasaki and Tenru are in the ring. Tenru uh, uses Mamasasaki to like fling his body over the top rope. So Tenru does a plancha here. Um, that's I guess his biggest high flying move is he's gonna do. And uh, he they. He takes out uh, Ganasuke and Hito. Um, eventually, Ganasuke uh, would go low and on um, on Tenru, and um, Hito would end up using the barbed wire bat on Tenru. And then, um, as they're like cutting Tenru up with the barbed wire bat, they ended up unmasking Tenru. So they pull the Hayabusa mask off Tenru, and Tenru is pissed off. He starts hitting them hard and chopping them. He just gets like old man, old man angry here, and just starts beating the crap out of Hito and Ganasuke. And um, I mean, eventually it would lead to uh, Mamasasaki uh, grabbing Hito and hitting the 29 years old on Hito. Uh, Tenru and, and Ganasuke are like brawling all over the crowd. Still, Hito, uh, Mamasaki would end up picking the win, picking up the win over Hito. So Hito, or sorry, uh, Mamasaki and Tenru get the win. Um, and afterwards, uh, Mamasaki would challenge Tenru to a match at the next Corrigan Hall show. So Mamas and Tenru is going to be the main event of uh, the December Corrigan Hall show to end the year. Now, um, one quick question. I'm sure that you don't know the actual answer, but uh, but I'm curious. For a company like WMF to bring in uh, Tenryu, is he kind of doing them a favor, or does he want the full payday? Because he's a very big star at this point. He wants the full payday. I mean, he's willing to work. I mean, I don't know if he's making as much as what he's making in All Japan. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of a discount. Um, I know, like, I mean, in, like... I know with Kanemura or so, like, hey, if I'm working New Japan, I'm making more than uh, when I'm working, like, a small little indie promotion. Uh, so I, so in a sense, it's like I'm, you know, he's make, he's getting paid uh, less than big-time bucks. or But I'm sure he's still making good money. Uh, you know, probably he's making more money than, like, anyone else on the show. So it's not really a favor, but, hey, I'll take my my price tag down a little bit for you because you're a smaller promotion, but it's not like Mr. Ganasuke or Kanemura is going to make more than me. I'm still the top star. I'm still going to make the most money on the show. All right. So, okay, that's going to take us to, um, uh, on December 5th, a Fuki Gun show. So um, before the show, uh, Kanemura um, 
it would be announced that Kanemaru would not be able to wrestle on this show. So he would announce, actually, that he had a lymph infection. And so what happened was uh, Kanemaru, he had swelling all around his mouth. And what happened was there was an enormous amount of germs. Um, pretty much another wrestler, like, bled all over him. And it got into a cut that had not healed. And so all this blood had got another wrestler's blood had gotten into his body. And as a result, like he has all these germs and he, and I mean, I asked him about it during the interview and he told me he almost died from this. Like this was bad. Like, so he's in critical condition. So he can't wrestle um, for the time being. And like, he has to wear a big bandage over his mouth and, so he can't wrestle on this show. So um, this show is announced um, as, again, it's going to be the Apache Army against the Zero One guys. And it's going to be Tetsuhiro Kuroda, Mr. Ganosuke, and a mystery partner against Shinjiro Otani, Masato Tanaka, and Tatsuhiro, Tatsuhiro uh, Takeiwa. Now, this show drew 1,500 fans. Um, it's still this the diehard fans. Um, it is less fans, though, than what? September. I mean, each show is doing worse. You know, each show is going down. And I mean, the, the fans are still hardcore, but um, I remember at this time period, and I mean, these these are awesome matches, um, but I remember at this time going, why are they doing this again? Like, no, you need to move on. No more. And and I knew Zero One's going to win again. Like, no, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I just... I, I thought this was too much at the time. Like, they shouldn't be doing this again. But they went with it. And, I mean, again, they, they announced 1500 which was what the court, what the WMF show did with Tenru um, two weeks earlier um, as far as, like, announced attendance. You just never really know as far as, like, legitimate numbers or anything. But obviously the, found, the fans are um, – it's dropping at this point. It's uh, – um, so anyway, um, so for this show um, – Chakoba Mukai, who had talked about he had a, that tag match against Yuki Ishikawa. Well, now he he goes, I want to be a serious wrestler. I'm gonna, you know, I'm not this porn star comedy gimmick or anything like that. I want to show, hey, I I I want to show I can be a legitimate wrestler and have like you know uh, these battle art style matches and and be a like a shoe fighter. And so he has uh, like a ten match trial series. I don't even know if it ever ended, um, but the first match is going to be against Yuki Ishikawa. So this just kind of goes back into that November 11th uh, Ishikawa show at Corgan Hall. So now this is um, Chocobal's, uh, you know, uh, chance to really show his skills. And they have a battle art style match, and um, Chocobal would end up using his still like using a he would pick up Ishikawa and like do this uh, grinding sexual style match of his or move. It's kind of like his signature move where he's like humping the wrestler pretty much. But he, instead of just doing that, he ends up using it and then turning it into a back suplex on Ishikawa. So he's like, look, look what I learned. You know, hey, I'm not just this one trick pony and don't know any moves. So he uh, back suplex uh, Ishikawa. Then he starts punching Ishikawa in the face, and he, and he knocks. He actually knocks Ishikawa to the ground, and um, he puts him in an arm lock. But Ishikawa is like the master of the mat style. He ends up getting out of it, and uh, he ends up putting um, Chakoba in a uh, face lock. And eventually, uh, Chakoba would have to tap out, or, or sorry, actually the referee would end up uh, TKO and uh, stopping the match and giving the win to Ishikawa. So again, this is like, hey, look. Chocobot's kind of a legitimate wrestler. 
Then there's um, Goemon and Onryo. They take on Poison Sawada Julie and Takashi Sasaki. And around this time period, um, Takashi Sasaki had joined uh, Poison Sawada Julie's uh, heel group in DDT. And Sasaki... Um, uh, Poison Sawada Julie, who pretty much anyone that has never seen him, he his hair is like all uh, like spiked up to the very tall. Um, actually, I guess at this point he had kind of stopped doing that, but um, he he had a different look. He had makeup on, and he's kind of like the um, like a, a snake in a sense, where he does like this rattle, and you um, it's like you you you're hypnotized, and he has like these uh, two other people sh uh, shaking a rattle um, to. And it pretty much like hypnotizes the wrestler as like uh, Sawada would like move his hand around. And so anyway, so it's just a DDT style character that was had gotten really popular with DDT. And um, so they take on, you know, like I said, going on in Onryo. So it's kind of like this goth type match. Sawada would end up using his powers, the snake rattle on uh, Onryo. Um, and then um, Sawada would end up doing his cattle mutilation, uh, mutilation on Onryo, and um, but Onryo would eventually, you know, fight fight back, and um, he would throw powder in Sawada's face. Um, but well, he would try to throw powder in Sawada's face, but Sawada would end up turning uh, Goemon around, and so Onryo would actually throw the powder in Goemon's face, and as a result. Um, Sasaki, who, like I said, now he's a part of Sawada's group, and so he has makeup all over his face. I actually really like this look on Sasaki. I actually wish he had kept it longer, um, but he turned face and uh, broke from, like, the trance and the um, manipulation of Sawada, like, a month or two later. But, like I said, right now, Sasaki's a heel, uh, being, a, being like a um, hypnotized member, a brainwashed member of Sawada's group. So um, Sasaki ends up going over to Onryo and spitting mist in the face of Onryo, and then... Then um, uh, Sawada would end up uh, hitting the uh, Moy of Easter, and so Sawada would end up getting the win over uh, Goemon to get the win over. Um, so Sawada and, and Takashi Sasaki get the win. Uh, the semi-main event would be uh, John Zandig taking on Hito in a uh, false count anywhere barbed wire board uh, street fight. And again, this is like Hito. You're gonna be in the semi-main event. You're gonna lose. You're gonna have a. You're gonna have a good death match. Um, you're gonna have. And so this one's against Zandig. Um, they brawl into the crowd right away. Um, and eventually they go up to the the second floor balcony where Hito is trying to throw um, Zandig off the balcony. That never works, though. Zandig is, like, holding onto the railing, and so uh, he never ends up actually getting to throw Zandig off. Um, they end up brawling back downstairs, uh, back into the ring. They get a ladder. Um, Hito does a flip off the turnbuckle onto the ladder on Zandig. Um, eventually, Zandig uh, would powerbomb Hito on a barbed wire board. Uh, then um, Zandig would come, would bring out the thumbtacks out of a bag and dump them all over uh, all over the stage out uh, right next to uh, the ring. So this is outside the ring. Um, uh, he, he Zandig's trying to powerbomb uh, Hito, but Hito would end up uh, DDTing uh, Zandig on the tacks and on uh, a stack of chairs as well. Uh, but eventually, Zandig would fight back, and he would get the win with uh, hitting a power bomb um, on the stage. Um, so Zandig gets the win uh, and hugs Hito. They they hug and embrace. They do an interview afterwards where it's like they're going to be a team and they're going to. Um, you know, they're going to 
like Zandig's gonna join the Apache army type thing. Um, and, and like I said, he worked one more show for Zero One the next show, uh, the, like the next day with uh, Hito going up against the Zero One guys. And um, I don't think Zandig was ever brought back to Zero One um, after that. So uh, I think that was, I think that, I mean, other than the, then the next day, I think that was the end of Zandig in Japan, as far as I know, as far as off the top of my head. Um, and then um, the main event is. Um, a uh, war games cage uh, barbed wire bat ca- match, um, you know. So at least at the very least, yeah, it's the same, uh, uh, you know, match zero one versus Apache. But at least they are changing the uh, gimmicks of the, you know, the stipulations of the match. You know, first one was a street fight, then it's a Captain Falls. Well, now here's a war games match. And um, the first, so and again, it's the FMW style of war games where it's one ring, and it's three guys, and it's every couple of minutes one guy, both guys come at the same time. It's not the WCW style where one by one, it's both guys hit the ring at the same time. Um, so there's never an unfair advantage. Um, Tanaka and Kuroda, they're the first ones to fight, you know, to go at each other, um, and then eventually uh, Takeiwa and Ganasuke, they're the second ones to come into the match. And um, Ganesuke, uh he actually they they Takeiwa and Ganesuke, they grab chairs and they start doing that like that chair swinging sword fight where they're uh, hitting trying to um, swinging chairs at each other, kind of what Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka would do all the time. Um, so eventually Ganesuke and Takeiwa get into the ring, and so now it's two on two, and. Um, you know, like, like I may mention, Kanemar is out, so there's a mystery guy. This is gonna be the uh, the, the third guy is gonna be the mystery guy to be revealed to the Apache Army, and so it, like I said, it's two on two, and then Mama Sasaki's music hits and the crowd pops, and Mama Sasaki comes out and he's wearing an Apache Army shirt, and like I said, the crowd is going crazy here. They are so excited because uh, Mama, I mean Mama Sasaki, as you know, with the whole Apache Army thing. And him being the face of WMF, it actually kind of hurt the Apache Army. I felt hurt Mama Sasaki because he's just in these undercard matches that didn't mean anything in the Fuyuki Army prior to this match. You know, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Ganesuke, it's Kenamura, it's Kuroda, it's Hito, and then Mama Sasaki and Akeda. You know, like he was like in the second match, and, you know, he's supposed to be the top guy in WMF. So I always thought that kind of hurt WMF. But Mama Sasaki now is a part of the Apache army. So he is joined. Um, he, um, as he's coming to the ring, he grabs a bunch of chairs and just starts throwing them over the cage. And he comes into the ring, into the cage, and he gr- ends up grabbing, um, he ends up climbing the ladder and grabbing the barbed wire bat, but Otani would actually knock him off the ladder. Um, Otani is the other guy coming in for the zero one at the same time as um, that Mammoth came into the room. And um, so with the, how the FNW uh, cage matches would do, they always have these handcuffs um, in the ring. So, hey, you can handcuff your opponent and it can be like a handicap match. Well, the Apache Army guys end up handcuffing Otani to the cage. And so Otani is in the cage, and there's no key. And Takeiwa is pissed off. So he climbs over the cage, gets out of the ring, and goes into the crowd where Yuzi, who 
a couple episodes ago, I talked about how he was the old Garuda, like the WEW fake Garuda that Fuyuki brought in, um, you know, upset over the fact that he didn't get the real Garuda. So he made another guy a fake Garuda. Well, then eventually he took the mask off and he went by UZ and he wasn't really much of a wrestler. So they made him the ring announcer. So he's the ring announcer sitting at the ring announcing table. Taka Iwa comes over to him like, you better give me that effing key, boy. And eventually... Um, Takeiwa, uh, he grabs the key from Yuzi and tosses it, uh, the key uh, over the cage to Tanaka, and uh, Tanaka would unlock Otani. Uh, so, so Otani is free now. So back, it's back to three on three. Uh, Ganasuke, Takeiwa gets back in the cage. Ganasuke does a, uh, a Ganasuke clutch right away on Takeiwa. Like, welcome back to the cage. Here's the Ganasuke clutch. Um, but Takeiwa would kick out. Um, and Takeiwa and uh, Tanaka would actually end up double teaming um, on Ganasuke. They pick up Ganasuke and throw him into the cage like a bullseye, like a dart, like a lawn dart, throwing him into the uh, into the cage. And um, then they would actually lock Ganasuke to the cage afterwards. So now Ganasuke is locked into the cage, and he's trying to get out. And Shinjuku Shark. Uh, who's around ringside, he ends up getting the key and uh, unlocking Ganasuke. But Otani and Tanaka see this, and they go right back to Ganasuke. And like I said, Ganasuke was free for like three seconds before Tanaka and Otani lock Ganasuke right back into the, uh, with the handcuffs and into the cage. So Ganasuke is back locked up. Um, eventually, um, Mama Sasaki would kick uh, Tanaka right into Ganas uh, Ganasuke's arm. So uh, Ganasuke is now holding on to Tanaka because that's all he can do. He's he's locked, uh, handcuffed to this cage. He can't move around. So all he can do is just make sure that this match at least goes two on two. Um, so he's holding on to Tanaka uh, when um, when a, a pop uh, like this crowd starts going crazy. Ryuji Ito comes out and Ryuji Ito comes into the cage and starts climbing up the cage. And Kuroda uh, gets a table and sets it up and puts Otani on, um, on the table. And Ryuji Ito does a dragon splash off the cage onto Otani. So, and the crowd pops for this big time as well. Ryuji Ito is a part of the Apache Army. He's a part of that group um, helping the Apache Army out. Um, but, you know, he would leave. He's not a part of the match. But eventually... Um, the, the Apache Army and the Zero One uh, guys—they're all like everyone's brawling. Like all the the guy, all the Apache Army Zero One guys that are not even in the match—they're all brawling around ringside. Um, eventually, Otani would end up hitting a lariat on Kuroda. Uh, Tanaka would end up hitting a frog splash on Kuroda, and then uh, Otani would finish off Kuroda with the spiral bomb and get the win. So again, Zero One gets the win over the Apache Army. Um, Otani mocks Kuroda afterwards. He grabs a camera uh, from one of the cameramen inside the cage and starts taking pictures as um, the, uh, like I said, the Zero One team has defeated the Apache Army uh, team again. Uh, Mama Sasaki, Kuroda, and Ganasuke, you know, are there defeated, but at least, hey, Mama Sasaki is now the newest member of the Apache Army. Although this this right here is kind of the beginning of the end of the Apache Army as far as just like this being this uh, like this hot streak that the Fuki Army was going through, um, things would kind of start changing in 2004. Um, 
kind of eliminate this whole like in a promotional war with zero one it wouldn't be as intense going forward but um this was a i mean it was a really cool match i liked it a lot it was um a good show this is a whole this whole time period is my favorite time period post fmw it really goito was the booker he really brought back that fmw spirit that fmw magic um that fmw even under fuyuki you know really lacked and i mean it's not really remembered because um you know, Fuki Army didn't last that long, and it just was during this time period. But this, these type of matches and this fan base and the crowd just being hot and going crazy, um, you know, and just this war with Zero One. Um, I mean, it was awesome. And so this, these last, you know, this three months or so were just this awesome time period. And like I said, this is probably pretty much the end of this awesome time period. They would, they'd move on. And I mean, they did, like I said, they needed to move on because zero one and Apache were, um, I mean, at this point, zero one, wasn't going to lose to Apache too many more times. Uh, they were going to make sure they got their wins because they had, uh, more of the, they had more power, a uh, political power. All right. So on December third, on December thirteenth at the Battle Sphere, uh, a new company debuted in that, and that would be six six six, also known as Triple Six. Um, if you want us to know, like what, like what was behind the birth of this company? So um, Crazy SKB, who um, was a punk rocker, um, I don't, I don't know. If most people know what he looks like, but he has like these gigantic spiky red hair, spike red hair and he's kind of like um has like this clown he's like a like a goth clown makeup type thing and he's in all black and so he was this punk rocker pretty famous semi-famous um you know rocker in the early 90s he was a big fan of wing and mr pogo he loved like this deathmatch hardcore wrestling and um he you know met mr pogo and it was like this big deal with him but like it made uh, national attention because hey look here's this you know punk rocker and a wrestler so he loved wrestling and he ended up um, getting in contact with Onrio and with Onrio they created 666 and it um, you know so SKB is the owner of the promotion but he doesn't really know that much about wrestling Onrio is going to be the guy to like really help with the shows so Onrio is like there it's pretty much them onrio and skb are start up this promotion and um onrio who's at this moment still a wmf guy, but like 666 becomes his love his focus um i mean and eventually his home uh, as far as wrestling goes he um he there was an interview onrio did and it there was a question it was like what would you do if you won the lottery and he goes i would put all my money towards 666 like that's how much he loved 666 so it's Onrio and SKB, um, and pretty much it's what it is, is they would run um, this, the Battle Sphere uh, about four times a year, like every March, every June 6th, uh, every around like August or so, um, and then, uh, you know, maybe September, and then December 23rd. So they run about you know four shows every year. That's all the money that they're willing to put in. And again, in, in a small building, Battle Sphere, and then eventually they um, begin running Shinkiba. And it's just this crazy. Um, it's 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 uh, a crazy promotion. Um, it hasn't made TV that much, but um, I mean, there's been a lot of highlights released and um, throughout the years. And like you said, I mean, it's still going. It's 15 years in at this point. Um, you know, and it's got a fan base. I don't know how much they've always announced 666 fans uh, at every uh, 666 show, so I can never really tell you how many actual fans are at these shows. Uh, but 
I mean, like I said, it's 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 um they like the early uh mid card matches or like comedy matches or some of their students would wrestle. Um, Onryo would have kind of like a main focus match, like he may be taking on Mikami or teaming up with Goemon, um, you know, against a dick to go or um or a Kanamura, like you know, just like these tag matches and stuff like that. And then um they always would have and they still to this day these have these like matches that are not allowed on to air because they're like so crazy. And again, I haven't seen like they're not allowed to air, they're not allowed to like show pictures. Um I know a lot of like fireworks is used and stuff like that, but it, it's always like crazy uh SKB, like Jun Kasai, um this mass wrestler, like Sinpai, um, and they would go like and they'll go up against like a different team each time. Like sometimes they'll be against like aliens. So there'll be these guys all dressed up as aliens or it'll be up against like this group as terrorists and it'll be like a, a guy in a Saddam Hussein mask, a guy in a Osama bin Laden mask and a guy in a George Bush mask, um, stuff like that they would do. And so, you know, like I said, it's not taped. It's not uh, those, that specific type of match. Each time is not taped or not. And pictures are not allowed because it's, it's just so crazy. But um, I mean, it's got like this fall. It's got a cult. It's definitely a cult following. Um, I mean, it's not by any means like a big promotion, but I mean, it seems like it's going to be around until Onrio uh, retires because that this is his passion project. And he's, he's still, I mean, he keeps it going. And as long as he's wrestling, he's going to keep it going. I mean, he even has his daughter, um, who probably most people um, know the promotion from her, uh, Ranmaru. Uh, um, she started when she was six, and she was wrestling. Um, the, she would wrestle on the shows in comedy matches, and then uh, she went away for a couple years to grow up, go to high school and stuff, and now she's like 18, and now, you know, she's back, and she's, you know, her face is, she has like this goth, she's always had this goth face paint, uh, but now she like matured into this woman, and she's, um, you know, in all these, ma- you know, she's not by any means a good wrestler or, or really trained, but, you know, she's having these like legitimate matches and stuff now. But I mean, like I said, probably most people would know um, this promotion based off the fact that they were kind of the first ones to start having like a six-year-old girl in matches. I think that um, the single most shared clip I remember, there was a uh, four a four-minute promo clip that someone grabbed and put up, and it was yeah, it, it featured Kasai and his team in the in the mass of George W. Bush, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, and then in the middle of it, one of the wrestlers they take the daughter hostage with a gun to her head, and they hang somebody from a balcony. It's like this four-minute ridiculous video, and on YouTube it had like a hundred and fifty thousand views, and I mean you know we're talking back in like two thousand ten or so, but that's what. Most people know of 666, so um, I was always curious about that. Okay, um, we got a couple shows left. Uh, December 25th, 01. Um, so 01 would hold a show uh, at Corrigan Hall. Um, you know, and, and They would have three shows like back-to-back, the 24th, the 25th, and the 26th. And the 25th had a bunch of like the, the Apache Army guys on the show. Um, and it was like, – it was, like a special main event each show. Um, but so for this, uh, this one on the 25th, it, they had uh dick to go and Akuto Adaka, um, against going on and on Rio, like, the WMF uh, team, they're challenging for the NWA uh, international uh, light heavyweight tag team titles. Um, Onrio would almost get the win over Dick to go with the Onrio clutch, but eventually uh, Dick to go would hit a pedigree and a senton on Onrio and get the win. Um, 
to defend the titles. And then um, Tetsuhiro Kuroda and uh, Mr. Ganasuke uh, would challenge for the all-Asian tag titles against Tinju Kaiser, who is Kamikaze, and Jun Kasai. And like I may mention, you know, Kenimura and Kuroda won the all-Asian tag titles back in October. Um, and But now they had to vacate them because Kenimura has that illness where he can't compete. So this is for the vacant tag team titles. Um this is, I believe, Ganesuke uh, and, and Kasai's first time taking on each other. Uh, Kasai would go for a, a Pearl Harbor splash, uh, but uh, as he's at, at the top turnbuckle, Kuroda would grab his leg, allowing Ganesuke to hit a, to pick up Gan uh, Kasai and deliver a fire thunder through a table on Kasai. Um, eventually, Ganesuke would hit a lariat and then a fire thunder again and finish off uh, Kasai. And so Ganesuke and Kuroda are the all-Asian tag team champions. And then uh, Mamasaki would take on uh, Shinjiro Otani. Uh, Mammoth would hit a uh, Mammoth home run on uh, Otani. So that's like when he you put the chair over the guy's head and then pick up another chair and smash it up against the uh, the guy's head with the chair on over him. Um, but Otani would fight back. Otani would hit his uh, face wash kick on uh, on Mammoth. And eventually um, he would put uh, Sasaki in a cross face and the referee would stop the match and uh, reward the win to Otani. So again, it's more, uh, I mean, okay, we'll give you Yanisuke a win over Kasai, but Mammoth, Mammoth's losing to Otani as a result. Just stuff like that, you know, if you're when working with 0-1. All right, and the final show that we're going to go over is uh, December 27th, WMF. So they would run um, a like I said, Corrigan Hall again, um, and they would announce 1500. So I mean, again, it's decent, but it's uh, that's a decent crowd. But I mean, it's definitely there's the electricity is definitely gone with WMF. Um, but they would have uh, Mikami and Onryo team up. Um, Mikami was a very popular uh, DDT wrestler um, that would kind of had a Jeff Hardy persona. And they would take on Tomoya Adashi and Asian Cougar. Um, so this uh, Tomoya Adashi, like a, he, like I said, he he's this indie wrestler, and he's still going to this day. But he he was he had these awesome spots that he could do. He did this awesome tope. Um, on Mikami uh, during this match. Onryo would do a Tope Konhilo on uh, Tomoya Adashi. Um, Asian Cougar would do his uh, diving leg drop on Mikami. Um, Mikami would actually deliver a Swanton Bomb on Adashi um, off the ladder. And then um, Onryo would actually throw uh, powder and um, at Asian Cougar and then do a sunset flip and get the win. So Onryo and Mikami get the win. Um, over Tomoya Dashi and Asian Cougar. Uh, Garuda, we haven't talked about him much. So he was injured back in April due to neck injury. Um, and so he's now back. Uh, this is his return match against uh, Subasa, an Osaka pro wrestler. Um, and this is, Garuda is going to be participating upcoming in the J-Cup 2004 tournament. Uh, much like, you know, Hayabusa had competed in the 94 uh, J-Cup this was going to be like Garuda's breakout. And, and so Garuda, um, this is kind of like a warm-up match because Tsuba is going to be in the tournament also. Uh, Garuda attacks uh, Tsuba right away and does a dive on him um, from the outside, kind of like how Hayabusa did um, on Jushin Liger back in 94. Um, but the, the problem with Garuda at this point, and I don't know, he – 
he's very his his offense is very wonky looking. Just nothing really looked like it hurt or anything. He just I don't know. He and I mean and he's dealing with a lot of injuries at this point. I mean having a neck injury. I mean he wrestled another seven years, but like I mean his career never took off like you were thinking it was going to. He never really. Um, became popular um and like and it was just not really performing very well and just he came back probably too soon and he's just he, his offense just looks weak um but eventually anyway eventually um Tsubo would get the win uh he put uh Gruda in a dragon sleeper and get the win um to the semi-main event, uh, Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Dick to go. They take on the Michinoku Pro WMF team of CG uh, Ikeda and Kazuya uh, Ikeda. Um, there's one spot here I want to make mention how Takeda just pretty much eats the turnbuckle hard. He charges at uh, to go and just to go moves that way, and his shoulder just rams into the turnbuckle. Um, Togo puts him in the cross face. Tetsuhiro Kuroda hits a lariat on Yuasa, uh, and uh, Kuroda gets the win over Yuasa. And then the main event is uh, Mama Sasaki taking on Tenru. Um, they start brawling right away out into the crowd. Tenru's throwing chairs and a table at Mammoth. Uh, Tenru actually grabs a beer bottle, and it's kind of like the Violento Jack Junkasai spot where you smash the beer bottle over the guy's head. And um, Tenru didn't have the damage that Kasai did afterwards, but you could see him like looking at his hand like, whoa, that was, you know, like he definitely felt the glass afterwards, but it wasn't anywhere near the damage Kasai had. Um, but afterwards, Mammoth now is bleeding um, all over due to the uh, beer bottle. Uh, to the head, and um, they end up brawling and fighting, and they're exchanging team uh, chops and slaps. Um, Mammoth would fight back um, and hit a lariat on Tenru. He'd hit the Mammoth home run on Tenru, and then he tries the 29 years old, that jackhammer, that, again, that's Tenru's move. And right there, that's where this match ends because he, Tenru will not allow it. Tenru um, ends up chopping Mammoth, uh, you know, he gets all pissed off, starts chopping them. They do a chop exchange, and then eventually, um, uh, Tenru uh, would pick up Mammoth, and he'd hit the 53 years old jackhammer, and he would put away Mammoth, and so Tenru gets the win over Mammoth. Um, afterwards, Ganosuke would help Mammoth up, and you know, we've talked about the last episode or so, Mammoth and Ganosuke feuding pretty much throughout the whole year of 2003. Well, Ganosuke helps Mammoth up, and they hug. So that is officially the end of the Ganosuke-Mammoth um, rivalry. Um, and, you know, they're a part of the Apache Army now anyway. So they hug, and um, all, all the WMF guys get in the ring, and they all raise their hand up uh, while Mammoth holds up the WMF flag. WMF flag. Um, so that's uh, where 2003 ends uh, for WMF. All right, and that's going to take us into 2004, which we'll be picking up on the next show. Um, if you want to let us know, so what are uh, so what's going on currently? Uh, I wanted to make mention before just going over that. Um, the, we're going to go in forward. We're just going to start doing two, uh, one year at a time instead of the six months. And it's not because of news. It's literally because still a lot happens in the second half of 2004. But it's actually just kind of a lack of interest of what happens in 2004. I don't really feel the need to do like an episode on the second half of 2004 because really there's not that much interesting things that happen. Like all the interesting stuff happens the first half. So I think at least for the next 
next couple years, um, you know, just doing one year an episode, um, at least until 2008, is probably the best. Because, like I said, I don't want to do an episode where there's not really interest any anything interesting happening. Um, so I just wanted to make that note. But uh, as far as um, new things going on. Um, Asushi Onita um, did an interview where um, he's in a wheelchair and pretty much he was saying like his knees are bad like when he's not wrestling he's in a wheelchair now I don't know how this happens so fast like this like because he was doing an interview at um, the Giant Baba uh, showcase on January 3rd and you know he's walking around just fine and now we're here we are two weeks later and you know he's saying I can't wrestle I mean I I, uh, I can still wrestle but oh, just living life I need to be in a wheelchair so he says I'm not gonna miss um, the he's gonna wrestle in February at the Giant Baba Memorial Show at Sumo Hall, and he's also gonna uh, wrestle at the Stardom Idol Show. Um, but he's talking about possibly needing a knee replacement surgery, which would um, he'd be out for a long period of time if that's the case. And again, this is Onita's words. Um, I mean, I haven't talked to anybody about this like to confirm. Like, hey, this is definitely the case because you know Onita did. I actually uh -huh. did talk to somebody and. Um... There's a couple Japanese people that say that this is just Onita trying to build hype for the Stardom Idols show. Okay. So, but I do believe his knee, I, mean, I do know his knees are bad. Now, well, how bad they are, because here's the thing, like, I mean, the whole thing with him retiring back in 2017, and one of the reasons I really did think, like, hey, he might at least be retired for a while, is because his knees are so bad that he couldn't walk up the stairs. Um, he, like, it hurt to walk up the stairs or he couldn't do it. So he obviously had knee issues, and he's had knee issues his whole career, but, like, they're really bad as he's getting older. So, um... You know, again, that's, you know, he, I mean, if he is working, the, I mean, he is saying he is going to work those shows regardless, but he is, uh, I guess we'll just see. I mean, he's saying, and these are, again, no need as words. He's saying he's looking into um, getting a knee replacement, which would take him out for the rest of the year. And so he would not be able to wrestle like the spring break show or anything uh, the rest of the year. But I mean, again, that goes up against what he was saying earlier, which was, um, yeah, uh, he did an interview a couple of weeks ago where he his dream right now he wants to have a show in America uh, where he promotes it in America and there's a death match and he said he's been talking with a promoter on how to get this started and uh, that's his dream right now is to hold like an Asushio Nita promoted show in America where there's explosions um, sometime this summer. All right, well, okay, uh, Brett, where can people find you? Uh, BahuFNW.com, where I uh, have all the news and results of the last 30 years, pretty much, of anything FNW-related. I have um, everything as far as DVDs for sale uh, from F everything, the largest FNW library collection for sale, um, as well as pretty much every Freedom show that's been available over the uh, last ten or nine plus years. And then um, BahuFNW on Twitter, uh, BahuFNW World on Instagram, where I post magazine pictures all the time. Uh, Brett FMW, I still get comments how people don't know. Uh, they tell me they, they love the show, and I go, do you listen to the podcast? Do you watch the YouTube video? And they go, I listen to the podcast. You do a YouTube video? But, so I still get a lot of people not knowing about the YouTube videos, but I pretty much do clips of everything we're talking about um, as we're talking about them, post them on YouTube at Brett FMW. And um, I think that's pretty much it. 
All right, you can find me online. I'm at uh, I'm on Twitter at intl wrestling. Uh, I've got a website intl res- indie wrestling intl wordpress.com. Uh, do a blog. Uh, I actually just updated uh, about three hours ago, right before we started. So I, I review the GCW show. I review a couple of the stuff that was going on in Japan. I, I put a lot of effort into it. So, all right, guys, with that, we will see you guys next time in 2004. Separated. Hey!